Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the Troubleshooter Show. Help, I need somebody. Now, Tom Martino, the Troubleshooter. Help me if you Hi, Tom Martino, your Troubleshooter, 303-713-TALK, 303-713-8255, here to help you solve your problems, answer your questions, and take your complaints and make your life just a little easier. That's 303-713-TALK is our number. And some days we can't even breathe. We have so many calls. And some days we start out full. But here's what I do. I let you know when we have lines open. So right now we have all lines open ready for you. So if you've wanted to call in, don't you complain and say, I can never get through. Because you can get through right now. 303 713 talk but what about the many thousands yes the many thousands that listen online and stream by the way one of the most downloaded shows and listen to streaming in all of iheart and we're so proud of that so here's what you do you call 303 martino no matter when you're listening 303 627 8466 the show works in a very easy way you call you say i need help with anything, and we help. We have two particular cases right now going on that bother me a bit. I take a lot of this personally. You know, after all these years, seriously, I can't turn off the mic and walk away. Some of these problems get to me. Usually it's with, you know, families and older people. But the, let, let me give you both, and if you guys have suggestions, help me out. First, we have Delilah and her family, four kids and her husband, they say they were desperately looking for a place. They were in a motel. They, they, he works. She works part-time. They work, okay? They're good people. We background checked them. Everything checks out. So they run into this guy moving out of it. They were driving around. They, moved, they, they ran into a guy that was moving out of a house. The husband of this family who were looking for a home, Delilah's husband, had worked there, done some landscaping. This guy owns his own company. Isn't that right? Yes. So... He said, hey, is this for rent? The guy says, yes, it actually is. Now, supposedly, I don't know how it went down, but they thought they were renting it from him who owned it. He supposedly owned it. So they gave him $9,200, a $4,800 security deposit, which is two months rent, plus partial rent for October because they moved in on the 15th, and then November's rent, $9,200. Their rent was due December 1st. Before they could make the rent payment December 1st, the guy that rented it to him got an eviction notice. And that's when they realized he didn't even own the home. So this guy was being evicted and he rented the home out and then left with money. The, the final F you to the landlord. And 
ruined this family in the process. This family gave them all the money they had accumulated living in a motel. And $9,200 went down the drain, went to this guy. His name is, uh, I have it written down, Mark. It's that, it's a I weird don't name. It. It's Wakefield. It's scumbag. It's, a, it's, it's, it's Mark Wakefield. Mark Wakefield is a scumbag. So he takes the money and runs. She, we can't get a hold of him. We got a hold of his ex-wife. His ex-wife said when she came down sick in bed, a serious terminal illness, right, Dan? Um, stroke. stroke. I'm sorry, not terminal. Stroke. He takes off. He takes off. Goodbye, hon. You know, no good to me now. Uh, he takes off. She thought he was in another country. Anyway, this guy is a scumbag. If you come across a Mark Wakefield, let us know. We want to have him arrested for fraud. I suspect he might have some of the money left. And meanwhile, this family is told to leave. The real owner, Invitation Home, says, look, we are, we, we're not renting it to you. You don't qualify. Get, you know, leave. They're, being, they're trying to be nice, you know, saying you can have a couple days. And then we contacted him, and they claim they're working something out or they're trying to work something out. So I want to check with Delilah to find out what's going on supposedly invitation homes one of the largest homeowners in the country and a rental company um they uh are going to reach out meanwhile the heat and electric is turned off because wakefield said listen i own the home included in the rent will be utilities so keep the utilities in my name because he knew if they contacted the utility company they would find out he didn't own the property and they would find out he had a big balance due so this house of cards came crumbling down now we have um, a husband wife and four children young children in the home and they have to be out of there in a couple days and the holidays are coming now they're willing to pay rent just temporarily even to get another place Will Invitation Homes let them do that? We're trying to figure that out now. We're hoping they can pay at least December's rent and have some transition time. So I want to check in with Delilah and get the latest, Suzanne, when you get a chance. The second problem, I'll tell you in a little while, about a widow, 29 years old. Her husband drops dead in the bathroom. She discovers him. She has four little girls, four little girls. We checked that story out. It's all true. He was 30-something years old, drops dead. Now, she's barely getting by on his Social Security survivor benefit, and Christmas is coming. So let's go to the phones, and we're going to talk about your problems, questions, and complaints, and talk to uh, anyone we need to. To help you. Dan, what's going on, Dan? Hi. Um, so I am having an issue with my roofing contractor. Um, we had hail damage from back in the spring with, uh, with the uh, hailstorms. And um, just to bring you kind of up to speed, the roof yeah. is done. Yes. All the work has been done, um, but it has not been inspected yet. Okay. Um, they they kind of rushed the install because there was a snowstorm coming. Do they have a permit for this? Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so, so let's get to the point, though. The main deal that is on your mind is it hasn't passed inspection. Right. And the contractor is now demanding payment. Well, uh, of course you have to. You have to agree that 
the contractor deserves some payment, right? Did you pay him anything? Well, he got the first half. Well, um, when did you, you pay know, the first half? The when did you pay the first half? Uh, was back, back in August. Well, what I mean is, did you do it before he did the job? You did it as a down payment? Yes. Never do that again. You do it when the materials are delivered or the work starts. Don't just sign a contract and give a roofer money, okay? Uh, I want to okay. say that. I just don't ever do that. But you're lucky. You At least you got it done. What's the name of the roofer? Um, Diamond Exteriors. Okay. Now, here's what I would say, and then I'm going to ask an expert. I would, if it was my home, I would pay everything but a retainer. I would keep something in case there are minor problems, unless you feel they don't know what the hell they're doing and you had major problems the whole way through, then I would probably uh, retain half. Um, so I would pay something for sure. And and you, okay. and so what was the entire job? Um, how well, much? I mean, basically just a full, how much? Full oh, uh, the, uh, it was about, uh, about 13, 13,000. Okay. And they've already gotten six grand, right? Right. Okay, they've already got six grand, and uh, and so here's the deal: you, what do you want to, what do you want to uh, pay right now? What are you proposing? Well, so there were issues. That's that's uh, a number, though. First, the number: what are you proposing to pay? They already have about six grand, sixty-five hundred. What are you proposing to pay? Well, I guess that's why I'm calling you. Okay. Um, so what were you talking about these issues? Tell, tell me about these issues you're talking about. Um, so contract was signed, um, and it was just constant delays. Um, okay, but what – okay, that, that's that, – that, okay, but they did it. So what are the – were there issues with the quality? Um, no. Okay. Yeah. Then, then you know what? This accumulation of, of problems that you have because there were delays and this and that. I, I just want to – businesses listen to the show. I want to tell businesses this. Whenever you have a customer, look at your customer as a big recording device. And they record everything from the very beginning when they meet you to the car you drove to what you were wearing and how you presented yourself they remember every delay they remember every good thing but mostly all the bad stuff in fact they don't even accumulate the good stuff they only accumulate the bad that bad stuff doesn't come up unless something else happens right here in dan's case no inspection then instead of just saying hey no inspection what should i do they did the roof let me make a reasonable payment he's thinking you know what come to think of it then he starts thinking about all the bad stuff this is all a natural process and people have to be aware of it you try to keep their bucket empty i call it the bucket of problems or injustices they walk around with a bucket and they fill it up with everything you do wrong or everything they perceive that you do wrong and they keep this bucket loaded, and they're going to dump it all out if anything goes wrong. Now, I'm going to ask an expert coming right up. Hi, 
Hi, Tom Martino, your troubleshooter, 303-713-TALK, 713-8255. This hour, this show brought to you by, you know what it is, RealCBDThatWorks.com. And I understand they're even getting bigger and better. They got a major investment from, from another company, not that they needed it, but they said we were looking for a company to invest in, and this was the best we could find. And so Panacea Life Sciences is rocking and rolling. They have a pharmaceutical lab that will be expanded right here in Golden. So not only do they employ local people and they help the economy, but they are helping people in pain and misery with their CBD products, realcbdthatworks.com. Okay, so we're talking about a roofer. What would you do, Mark, if a roofer completed the job and hadn't gotten a permit and he's already been paid half? What would whoa, you whoa, do? Whoa, I thought he said he did pull a permit, No. No, excuse me. He hadn't gotten a final inspection. You're right. There is a permit, but he hasn't gotten a final inspection. What would you do? Uh, I'd probably withhold maybe, I don't know, maybe $500, something. I would do more than that. But. Something enough to make him get it completely finished, but I wouldn't screw myself either where he comes after me and puts a lien on the house, it would probably be valid. Let's talk to Chase. Chase Johnson actually owns a roofing company. He stopped by to say hi. He's with Johnson Construction, which is roofsbyjohnson.com, and he has that hailproof roof we heard about. So listen, Chase, what is happening uh, in the roofing business uh, this, when it comes to this? So it's a double-edged sword. First, I'm going to talk about Colorado Springs. They're five months out on inspections last year. You, but if 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 the roof is this to, the yeah. Springs, bro, Dan? Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Dan, is this the no, Springs? No, it's not. Okay. What municipality well, is it, Dan? Uh, it's Elbert County. Elbert County, I think, is only about a week out on an inspection. They can push the inspection through before even having the conversation. So you know the Springs. You're down there, too. Yeah, but but I'm giving an example, though, yeah. outside of this. So Colorado Springs was back five months last year after the big hailstorm. You pass your right of lien period if you sit there and let somebody you know, offset uh, 10%, uh, and you're waiting for your inspection. They're going, I'm not going to pay. You're going... Well, I need my money because I lose my right to lien your house if we wait till this inspection I never, takes place. I never thought of that. So, yeah, what, so it's what, a double-edged what, sword. Well, what would you do? You're in the business. If this happened to you, what would you do, uh, knowing both sides? Our contract is written to give a 10% offset in this period uh, while they, That's while what they I was wait for the inspection. But ultimately, I would call the city myself up and ask for the inspection if I was the homeowner, push that inspection through, make sure that the, the gears are moving to get it done. Um, because if it takes a week, it'll take them longer to file a lien. Now, when was the roof completed? Uh, about a month and a half ago. Okay, they only have about three months left, or a little less, two and a half two months. And a half. Two and a half months to put a lien on it. So here's what you say to them, okay? You say, I'm going to pay you everything but 10%. I'm going to withhold 1300 bucks. When you get the final, you get the full payment. It, you have, don't worry about it, you have another two and a half months before you lose your right to lean my home, we should have an inspection by then. If not, then we readdress it. Dan, Deputy Dan. Yeah, Dan, are you? didn't you say that the inspector wanted to take off some shingles to look underneath? What? Yeah. What are you, ta what, what are you talking about? So the inspector um, basically has said that they need to come out, they need to pull up some of the shingles so that they can see the, the subflooring or whatever. The, the underlayment. Barriers and all that. Chase, or he will uh, Chase. I'm looking up Albert County now. A mid-roof was required when this roof went on. I'm assuming That's why he didn't he, do the mid-roof. He didn't do the mid-roof. That's why the guy wants to I do don't, it. Don't pay him anything. 
I would not. I would not pay until that process is done. I mean, as a really? contractor, you're, okay. You're, hold on, hold on. You're responsible to know what you need to do in your municipality. So hold on. You're saying it could be a lot more than thirteen hundred. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if if they pull it up and the underlayment's not right, something like that, the whole roof could have to be redone. The you know, Dan. Now we're talking to a guy in the business. So um, now that I know he hasn't had a mid inspection, first of all, I didn't know it was required. Now that we know it was required, he didn't get it. I'm assuming he didn't get it. You should wait for the inspector to pull up those tiles. Chase, can he call the inspector and meet the inspector himself? He can call the city and get all the details himself. Yes. Can he get? Can he, he push can, through an he inspection? Can, he can, yeah, but if somebody's got to remove the shingles, you want the roofer that's warranting the roof to do that. All right. So listen, man, you 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 need to let them know immediately that you don't want to make it adversarial, but you need to get this inspected, especially because they did not get their mid roof inspection or their underlayment inspection. Okay. Okay. That's, that's call us back. Do. Let us know what this roofing uh, company tells you. Okay, please. Wally's got a comment on this. Mark Hulse has a comment. Go ahead, Wally. Uh, having just done roof in uh, Elbert County, that's, while I was on hold, the mid-roof came up. That's why uh, they wanted to pull up shingles is because the roofer did not do the mid-roof inspection. So if you, you're a roofer, right, Wally? Yes, I am. Okay, what would you do if it was your home? Well, my contracts are written that I guarantee inspection, um, so payment is not based on in, uh, inspection just because some of these building departments do just like your other roofer there said. They get behind either during a hailstorm or in the winter with the snow, and I don't ask for any money up front I Good. until the roof is done before I collect anything, and so I guarantee the inspection to pass. But I'm also a local guy. I'm not a storm chaser. Hey, Wally. Wally, where, where do you service mainly? Well, I've roofed from Colorado Springs uh, to Greeley this year. So. But do you go out? Do you, do you go away out east? How far east are you talking well, about? Well, let's say Elbert. Not the county, the yeah, town. Two, well, I've done two. Well, is, is there an Elbert? County there? Yeah. Is, Elbert County covers everything. Out there, I don't think. No, no. Is there a city called El? What am I thinking of when I say Elbert? What's that the little town way out there? Um, I thought it was called Elbert. Well, yeah, Kiowa. 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 Yeah, yeah. Be but there's one even. So listen, here's the bottom line, Wally. Um, how far out? Excuse me. How far out are inspections in Elbert County? Do you know? <laughs> They're next day. Oh my goodness. Okay, thank you, Wally. And hold on a second. Suzanne uh, wants to uh, get your uh, contact info in case we have questions out there. 303-713-TALK. Ricky's got a question about used cars. Really quickly, Ricky, what's going on, Ricky? Okay, I bought a used car from Longmont Auto Sales October 25th. Longmont, the home of the scumbag car dealers. I don't know why, but we get more complaints about Longmont. You got hang hang on a sec, because I, I want to help you out here. Hold on. Hi, Tom Martino, your troubleshooter, 303-713-TALK. If you're just tuning in new to the city, we have so many new people to tell people about the show because the more that listen, the better, the merrier. We have a team here to help you. 
a team to solve problems, answer questions, and take complaints. At 303-MARTINO, you can call at any time, 303-627-8466. And, of course, the local number when we're on the air, you can also call 303-713-TALK-RICKY wants to know about used cars. By the way, when I said home of the scumbag car dealers for some reason, Longmont, for such a small area, generates more used car complaints than most other places. I, we just don't understand why. I don't, you know, even not even knowing the dealer, why has Longmont been infested with bad dealers? Uh, Ricky, what happened? You bought a used car. Now, you do know that you have very little things, very few things you can do with a used car as is, okay? Very few. You bought that's, it as is, I assume. Did you buy it yeah. as is, Ricky? Yes. And you did not get it checked out, I assume. Correct. Okay, and, and how long after you got it did problems show up? It came with a 30-day warranty, oh, and five okay. days after the warranty, the engine light came on, and it started sounding like a diesel engine. All right. It's at the mechanic shop as we speak, and the guy just called, and he says, I stopped counting after 32 when the diagnostic readings came back. Oh, and he's oh. like, you're going to need a whole new engine here. Yeah. How so many miles on this? Month, how many miles on this, Ricky? How many? 150, 150. And what what year? It's a 2011 Cadillac SRX. Man. Um, so here's the bad news. If they did not lie to you or defraud you, they did, they're not responsible for anything. Now, just so you know, this is something that a lot of people think. They are not required to tell you about any defects in that car. Right, and that's where we got things like uh, Carfax and things, right? Well, th- yeah, and also and a pre-purchase exam. That's where you're supposed to find things out. But, but Ricky, even with pre-purchase exams, sometimes things go wrong. But, but I want people to know, as is means exactly what it sounds like. Now, it does not excuse people from lying. I mean, if this person actually lied to you, but what's the problem with lying, Mark? What's that problem we run into? Well, it's almost impossible to prove. Right, right. Every time people say, oh, yeah, they lied to me. But, Ricky, did you get any written lies or any lies documented? No. <sighs> well, how much is this going to cost you? Do you know yet? Uh, he's still diagnosed troubleshoot this thing so i just wanted to try to get as much information from you know that will benefit me it doesn't sound like well well there. There, listen like i said he you know if you can find something you did wrong or fraud or whatever now sometimes if you just call the dealer and you say look man you know come on i had this car just a little more than a month and the, the whole thing's up the whole thing's gone i, I mean really uh, that I think maybe he might do. You know, sometimes dealers don't want a lot of bad publicity. What's the name, the specific name of this dealer? Longmont Auto Sales. <laughs> That's the one we get the most complaints about. Do you know who owns oh, that good. for some reason? Yeah. Who owns that? Do you know? I don't know the owner. I'm, I'm going to deal with the uh, finance manager. He's the one I dealt with the most. How much did you pay for this? It was... $9,500. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man. Here's one thing I tell people. Here's the very worst case scenario. You know what it is? Here's what it is. Let's say you have to put some money into this, even three or 4000 like like four, or maybe more. I mean, who knows? But 
here's how you erase that. If you put money into it and keep it, then you know, you're only buried until you become unburied. Where people get into trouble with a buried vehicle is not holding it until everything's paid. They, they get rid of it and they're upside down. They owe money and they have negative equity going into the next car. If you've made a mistake with a car, try to live with it the best you can. And that's the only thing we can say, you know, and, and, but ask the dealer once you find out what's wrong, if they'll have some mercy on you, you know, you never know. Neil, what's going on? Neil. Hello. Yeah, this is Neil. Go ahead, sir. What's happening? Uh, Oh, nothing much. Uh, Just uh, talking. uh, I'd like to talk to Mark about purchasing a uh, Kia Soul 2020. Okay. He's listening. All right, Mark, I was just a couple of questions. You, uh, yeah, you talk about basically how good they are. And, uh, the now, he, he, now, remember, what Neil, just so you know, um, for, I, I, Mark talks a lot about uh, the, the Hyundais. Hyundai! He loves Hyundais. Now, Souls have, pretty, Souls have good <laughs> warranties. But basically, both Mark and I, the thing that we really like talking about is when people buy a clunker or an older car, like this guy with the caddy, he would have been better off if you have any money to put down buying a new car. Nowadays, with 10-year, 100,000-mile warranties, it's better to take your money get, because financing is low cost, cars are built well, and really, if you truly keep that car for three or four years, it's better to buy a new one. Now, Mark specifically talks about Hyundais, if you wanted to ask him about that, but he also knows a bit about all of them because he goes car shopping. So, yeah, Mark, but what's your general question? Yeah. Well, well, basically, I mean, it's uh, Hyundai and Kia are the same company. So, I mean, that's, there's okay. no real difference with the motors. But what I would like to know is I'm looking at either leasing or um, buying. I've right. got five years before I retire. And so I'm Th- that always that always lease. comes down to the same thing, though. Can you live with the lease? Yeah. I mean, can you live and stay within it? You have to. It, uh, leases are actually the best way to acquire and keep a car and continually keep cars. If I get so if, nervous when you say that. It, no, that's now listen to what the because if. no one listens to the if is okay. the problem. Here's the if. If you truly live by all terms and conditions every one of them so if it, because all you're doing at end and you the, still have to buy it correctly exactly. not based on monthly price right the acquisition cost is critical why the acquisition cost is what you do to that's the purchase that the lessor purchases it for now here's the biggest mistake people make with a lease they go by monthly payment alone they don't go by acquisition they they don't go by residual, they don't go by the mileage, and they don't keep it the full term. It's the worst way to acquire a car if you don't do that. If you know that that acquisition cost is the same as if you bought a car with a very great deal, then then you proceed to the next step. Can you realistically live within the mileage? Then you go to the next step. Can you realistically keep it for the full three or four or five or however many years the lease is? Now, leases beyond four are ridiculous because what you're doing is financing depreciation. The bulk of the depreciation is in two years, and three years is good for a lease 
four years is stretching it. Anything beyond four years never do because you're extending and paying mostly finance charges. You're no longer really financing the depreciation. And that's what you're actually doing in a lease. You are saying, I'm going to buy that apple but I'm only going to eat half of that apple. Then I'm going to return the other half to you. And when I return it to you, you're going to allow me to walk away. Or, if, but some people eat more than half the apple, or some people drop the apple, or some people turn in the apple too soon. And, and every single benefit, every single benefit is gone if you don't live by every single term of the lease. Now, if you have specific questions, really, we'll come right back to you. Hi, Tom Martino here, 303-713-TALK, 713-8255. Frank Duran, therealestateman.com. You don't do better when you're listing a home. They even comes in and cleans it and gets it staged, and then here's what he does. He lets you get out of the contract anytime, anytime you want, because he knows he has to earn your money, your business. He's the only one that does that. Frank Duran, therealestateman.com, and if you're looking to buy, he has a buying team as well. So... Uh, Neil was asking about leasing or buying, and he's talking about uh, new cars, Kia or Hyundai or that kind of, that ilk. So in general, Neil, um, did you have any specific questions? We went over basically the leasing part. Yeah, the more, well, I mean, I hear Mark talking about, you know, how you can manage to, you know, get better deals, et cetera, and I'm just wondering. Yeah, on this, per, on this particular this one, a- listen, Suzanne will give you my email off, but I'd go to Arapahoe Kia and then find which one you like and then email me. But send me the stock number, all right? But, but here, here are some tricks, man, okay? First of all, um, even if you're ready to pay cash. Never say you're paying cash. Right. People think when they say they're paying cash, they're doing a good thing, but they make more money if you don't pay cash. So that financing deal to most dealers on a new vehicle is going to be worth anywhere from five hundred to two thousand dollars. A lot of times that is their profit. Yeah. So you have to ask. Sometimes you can ask a smart salesperson or the F&I guy, say, listen, ask your F&I guy if I finance. Uh, how long do I have to keep that loan for you guys to get spiffed? And technically, they can't do that, so do it on the down low. But most places, you've got to make three payments, and the dealership gets to keep their money. So you're actually giving them an incentive. You're saying, look, I'm willing to take a loan out so you guys get spiffed. And then just, you know, and then I can always pay it off later on. Just let me know, you know. You know, you kind of like it. That's what you do. You do it like you're in the know and down low. You, but They but, got a little LX hatchback over there right now. I'm looking at 16.8. That's pretty cool. These new 20s look nice, man. I didn't what are like you, the square ones. What are you looking for? A soul. I mean, what kind yeah, of car? Well, okay, is that an SUV? No, it's kind of a no, it's- crossover maybe. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, it's, it's a, the it's one the hamsters yeah, drive around in. That's right. Yes, correct. Yeah, they I'd go to Arapahoe Kia over there, but then shoot me an okay, email. Get a stock number. I got to have a stock number. Though. Yeah, no problem. One last question, though. And uh, I'm going to start talking like he does. Go ahead. They got zero percentage financing for 60 months. So do you think it's uh, it's feasible just to go with a zero percent for 60 months well they won't well yes but (laughs) it's going to come down to price can you pay cash anyhow yes or no uh probably not no okay then if you can't pay cash none of it's going to matter so you're just going to get the best financing you might pay less for the vehicle 
at 1% than if you got zero. So you just got to do the math. It's all going to come down to math, man. Okay, well, no worries then. All right, then I'll uh, I'll uh, talk to Suzanne and then uh, shoot you an email. Thank you for the help. All right. 303-713. Do you Tom. like those accents? Do I like them? What are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, a lot about? of people like British accents. Do you that like was, them? That was that not was British. Australian. That was he Australian. Was Australian. Yeah, it is. Ask him where he's All right, hold on. No, I no, thought no, it was South African. Him, before you ask him, hold on. Before you ask and him, if he can help. we double or nothing on the lunch, on, on the on the purchase for that? No. Okay. No. Okay. Right. Ask him. Where's he from? Well, so oh, there's she no... just told me Britain. No, uh, Neil, no I'm not British. Neil, I have all my teeth. Where? What? Oh. Where? Where? Sir, what is your accent considered, sir? Uh, right now, it's uh, where, where you want to know where it originates from, South Africa. Okay. Oh. But, and where where is your family from? Told you. South Africa originally. Okay, thank you. So, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You're not a winner at all. Well, you, you said wrong, I won. So I, I won. said South African. I won. 303-713-TALK. Jill, what's going on with you, Jill? Hi. You know, it's, uh, ma- it's amazing. Mark and Dan will pick fights where none exist. They just pick something to disagree yeah. with. Every yeah. single day, they pick something to disagree with. Jill, what's happening? Um, I just need to know my options. I okay. purchased the car with cash, a used car, over 30 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, temporary tag expired. Uh, they FedExed me another one okay. yesterday. Why FedEx? Uh, where are they located, Jill? They're, they're in Highlands Ranch. Uh, I have moved to Nebraska. What's the name of the uh, dealer? I'd rather not go there right at the moment. They don't even know who mind. you are, but I, I want to know the name of the dealer because I can tell you if you need to worry or not. If you want. It is um, Arrow. I have to look at my paperwork All right, never mind. Here. So, so it's, it's not a major dealer, which means no. you could have concern because many dealers sell cars without owning them uh, or they don't own them completely or something shows up later on they didn't know about. And it's not they because... They don't have the title. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It could be a hitch that's serious. It could be nothing. It could be just paperwork delay. And, and what is the time frame? Don't you love this? What is Reasonable. It? Yeah, reasonable. So here's the deal, Jill. How, it's been 30 days... Yes. Okay. I think reasonable, really reasonable, is 90. If they can't produce a title in 90 days, they'll have to give your money back. Okay. Which in this circumstance actually really sucks because that means she's got to get the car back here as well. Yeah. Okay. So, Joe, hey, listen, there is no – if they can't provide title, you could even start complaining at 60 days. But if you wait 90 days, nobody will make an argument. No one will make an argument. Now, that title might go to your lender, but they have to have a title. If they can't provide a title, they have to undo the deal. Get the name, and I'll call them as well. Yeah, if you want us to call, give Suzanne the name. I'm Tom Martino. We have more coming up, and we're also talking about hail-proof roofing after this. This is the Troubleshooter Show. Help, I need somebody. Now, Tom Martino, the Troubleshooter. Help me if you can. Hi, Tom Martino here. 303-713-TALK is our phone number. This is the only show really of its kind where we solve problems, we answer questions, we take complaints, and we make your life just a little easier any way we can. This hour brought to you by RealCBDThatWorks.com. RealCBDThatWorks.com. We help you to uh, get over your pain. I say we, but uh, this product will definitely help you with pain, anxiety, even sleeping issues. 
And, uh, you know, we had a, a report from Joan Sullivan. She's had knee pain for the longest time. She says it is working. 303-713-TALK. Okay. Earlier in the show, we talked about um, a roof in Elizabeth. The guy said, uh, I paid half up front, and now the roof is done. But Albert. It, Albert. Albert in Elizabeth, okay. which is Albert County, or it was in that area. And um, Ed is, is a contractor in Elizabeth, and he wants a comment. But here's what we said, that he should probably withhold 10% if everything went according to plan and just wait for the inspection to pay the rest. But then he said there was a mid roof inspection that he did not get. And in that case, our expert chase, who's with uh, roofs by Johnson, he said, you know, I wouldn't pay the other half yet then because they're going to want to uh, look at it and verify it was done right. And therefore it could, it could end up, replacing the entire roof and it's unlikely i mean if the guy did everything right it's unlikely but it could so that's a little more serious when there's a mid-roof inspection required and now ed wants to comment go ahead ed ed after all that he's not there ed that was a good recap yeah it was a good recap okay ed thanks for calling for nothing ted what's going on with you ted welcome what's happening oh i'm looking at a used rv okay um, like some tips. Uh, now, now I want to say this, Ted. That's the same as a used car. I mean, you better. Now, I, I'm assuming. Wait, I should. I shouldn't assume. Is it just a an RV, or is it a is it like a van, or a motorhome, or a uh, an extended uh, or a cab over? What is it's it? A class C. Class C. A class C. That's like the what the pickups? No, no. Or a van. It's a motorhome. Yeah. No, it's a motorhome. Motor- no, class A is a motorhome. Class C is like a. It's like a big, well, hold it's on. It's like a truck, right? No, it's like one of those big yeah. van, custom vans yeah. with the cab over. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? That's what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Man, I'd yeah. get it. I'd bring it up to, you want an easy answer is bring it up to Century RV. They got a great service department, X amount, they'll check it out. Yeah, you can get a pre-purchase, and you should, for sure, um, on both the chassis, and you want the chassis, and then you want the house, I call it. Uh, Ted, how old oh. is it? It's a 2016. Okay, uh, because a lot of these, I want to tell people, they're really bad deals as they get older because technology has changed so drastically. But a 2016 is pretty good. Now, what uh-huh. do you have any concerns at all about it? Well, I've just been looking at it online. I've never owned one before. I just wondered some. How okay, to, what I where to is it? it where is it located online? Uh. Lazy Days in Loveland or Johnstown, whatever. So it's local. Lazy Days. Okay. It's yeah. local. That's good. Because if it wasn't local, it's so risky. I wouldn't recommend it unless you know what you're doing. And I'd actually fly out and look at it. But as far as this goes, it's local. <laughs> Just get a pre-purchase exam. Ask them if you can take it somewhere. And, of course, I would take it to um, Century RV.com. They have two locations. Now, the one in Lakewood in Denver, just north of 6th Avenue, uh, between Kipling and Sims. That one has new and used, but not a service department. Up north, it's on the 119 turnoff to Longmont. They have a service department, and they do pre-purchase inspections. And, of course, they'll probably try to sell you something, too, but who cares, right? I mean, they'll they'll do a good job. And, of course, you pay for that pre-purchase inspection. And speaking of Century RV, did you, did you check them out? I looked at them online, yeah. 
Oh, and uh, you didn't uh, see anything you wanted there, huh? No. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Um, what I think is, I, I'd say the biggest thing is ever make sure do it doesn't leak. Without, right? Yeah. Don't ever. Oh, but that's really important. Don't ever do it without a pre-purchase. Um, and and that's it. That's the easiest thing to tell you. Uh, Ed is back with that roofing comment. I I have summed it up already. Go ahead, Ed. What were you going to say about it? Oh, hi, Tom. Love hi. Show. Long time. Thank later. you, man. Thank you. Uh, What's happening? Yeah. So uh, Elbert County, I believe, they've got a uh, affidavit that the uh, licensed uh, roofer hmm. can fill out in Good. place of that inspection. Ah, that's interesting. So you're saying that it might uh, take out the risk uh, as far, but but. They still need a final inspection, so while they're there, correct? Don't you think they're going to ask for uh, proof? Yeah, you know there is an affidavit. I know, but in, in addition, day. okay, I guess I should say in addition to that, don't you think they will ask that they uh, not just sign an affidavit, but if they're there already, don't you think they'll just want to, uh, you know, uh, pick up a tile, a, 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 a sure. roof tile or yeah. something? Yeah, at final inspection, they can probably, you know, just pull back the shingle and make sure that, uh, you know, the water and ice shield's done and, uh, you know, the flashing. You know, nine times out of, out of ten, these guys are out there that they're never doing a bad job. Okay, I think so. I think you're right. I think most of the time they don't short the underlayment. I mean, do you? Th- I mean, how many would actually go go through all the trouble of a roof right oh, over plywood? Do you oh, think? They not not less than nine out of 10, but you know, ultimately the inspection is one day out from being scheduled. Just schedule the inspection. The guy gets paid. There's no, this could be solved by tomorrow. I agree. 303-713-TALK. Jill, you're saying, I I think we answered your questions. Um, Mark was going to make a call for her. That's why I had her holding. Okay. Did you make a call? Yeah, I did. I called over there. I talked to the guy. He sounded more like a used car salesman than most used car salesmen. Uh Uh-oh. But, he said he's going to call me back in an hour. We'll see he's with a customer. All right, Joe. He's a GM. So we talked to the GM. Hang on there. Now, we have a comment on a Kia purchase. A guy was considering a new Kia, considering the warranty in their own, he said, by Hyundai. And he wanted to know about a lease. Who should he lease or purchase? We went over that. If you want to listen to that on a podcast, you can. Some good information. Jim, uh, what is your comment on that? Uh, my son was interested in buying a new Kia. We yes. don't live far from MedVet on I-70. He went in there, and I'm thinking, that's not really that good a deal. We went to Peak, and they gave him they gave him $5,000 off on this new Kia, interest-free for 66 months. Wow. The young man was named, yeah, his name was Tony Hill. I mean, when he walked, I couldn't believe how uh, polite, oh, on the Kia now, if you buy it at Peak Kia, they give you a lifetime warranty as long as you own the car on the engine and transmission. Wow. What do you think, Mark? That's yeah. a good deal. I yeah. don't know. I have I'm no good. idea. I've never dealt with Peak. I mean, but but it's a good Ball deal. There. We've definitely had complaints yeah, come uh, in about him, though. Yeah. Uh, we've oh, had com- oh. we've had complaints, but that but your experience, it doesn't negate your experience. No, this- that's an interesting uh Sales pitch, though, that warranty he's talking about. That is curious. I wonder how, I wonder what the outs are on that. A lifetime powertrain if you buy it from them and you're the original owner. And you don't pay for it. That's what he said. I, I'm, I'm curious about Make that. Make sure your maintenance records but, are Can I explain on. something? 
a powertrain is very, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but it's really, it's limited. It's your engine and transmission. First, but it's only going to be, listen, internally, I'll, I'll bet you, internally lubricated parts. And no prior, no no prior abuse. Yeah, and no missing of any service. Or conditions. Yeah. So really what they're saying is, for the life of that vehicle, we're going we're gonna to insure it against manufacturer's defects. Yeah. Internally lubricated manufacturer's defects, which probably, you know, I mean, I mean, it's something, but normally it's that's going to happen. Good, I like the idea of that sales yeah. pitch. Uh. It, yeah, it's a good sales pitch, but that's going to happen during the normal warranties most of the time anyway. Hi, I'm Tom Martino. Welcome to the show, 303-713-TALK. Okay, so let's talk about this story with Cheryl. Cheryl called us yesterday. She says uh, basically she's a 29-year-old widow. Her husband quite literally dropped dead in in the bathroom. She found him. She has four little girls. She wasn't three. I'm sorry. The other one had four kids, right? The other family were helping. She has three little girls. And uh, Cheryl, uh, she wasn't asking for anything, actually. She, you know, she just wanted to know about um, she, nothing directly. She was just wanted to know about certain resources. And um, so we said, uh, what do you get? She gets survivor's benefits on Social Security. So they don't really have any extra money at all. I mean, she barely is making rent and uh, food. So this story went out on the air yesterday, and I said, I want to help you, Cheryl. I really do. And um, also, uh, someone heard your story this morning, and his name is Jack. Now, Jack was a common man on the show. He's a longtime listener, Jack Hamlin. He's with Summit Engineering. I want to make this clear. Jack did not ask to come on the radio, but I asked him if he would because um, he wanted to talk about this. Are you there, Cheryl? Yes, I am. All right, hold on. So Jack took an interest in this story, too. Jack, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Um, you heard about this story, and Summit Engineering, you guys do something special for the holidays. What do you do? Yeah, I appreciate that, Tom. At the end of every year, uh, my partners and I um, pull up some of our, our, our profit from the year, and uh, we donate to a handful of needy families around Christmas. Well, what can you do for this family? This is Cheryl, and... Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, what we typically do is we we um, we'll just give a check in the amount of five hundred ninety nine dollars to to a needy family. Um, that that allows them to kind of avoid uh, filing a ten ninety nine. And, yeah, and um, I think that's clever. I asked why five ninety nine, and Jack says that ah, keeps all the paperwork. I don't do any W nine or whatever the W is. And Cheryl, it's yeah. a gift. She doesn't have to claim anything. It's a gift. But you know, Jack. That is very, that's wonderful. About how many families do you help a year? Uh, we've done it for the last uh, three or four years, and it's been anywhere, uh, depending on what kind of year we have. Um, some, sometimes as, as low as three families. This year we've got 11. How do you find families? Uh, we, we put it on uh, social media and our, and our uh, professional networks and um, just get the word out grassroots. You know, thank you, Jack, so much 
for hearing this story and helping because Cheryl, um, I know you weren't expecting anything, but this is just the beginning. I have something else to tell you too, but five ninety nine that can help this time of year for you. That is amazing. I am just, I am dumbfounded right now. That's and, and Cheryl, wow. listen, we verified your story. You know, it was a little uncomfortable, but we had to do that. Obviously, you know, you have, uh, three little girls, you have a husband who just died and, and other stuff. And you did, you did get by in the beginning with some proceeds you raised uh, right after his death. Um, but you truly, uh, are barely getting by. And that's, that's a safe thing to say, right, Cheryl? Yes, it is. So $599, I think can go pretty far for your Christmas. Oh, for sure. That's, I'm going to be able to get my daughter's a Christmas present. Oh yeah. Well, you what a blessing. Now, Jack Hamlin, uh, Summit Engineering. Thank you, guys, all of you over at Summit Engineering. But we got something better, Cheryl. Not better. I mean, listen to this one. Chase Johnson with uh, Johnson Construction. He also owns Rocky Mountain Retro Foam, um, that, that's an uh, injection foam company. Well, anyway, um, we were here sitting, and when Jack said, you know, I'm going to give five ninety nine, uh, he just chimed in. So, Chase, what are you going to do? Uh, we're going to go ahead and match that gift. Oh, that's wonderful. Five. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing the math in my head, and you got $1,200. That's right, almost twelve. Yeah, yep. That's wonderful. So, uh, Cheryl, we're going to make arrangements off the air to get this to you. And it sounds okay. like, it sounds like uh, we've just brightened up your Christmas. I am so happy you called us. Thank you. I am too. Wow, this is such a blessing. And we're going to be in touch. So hang on. Suzanne wants to make sure we have your address and all of that. And we'll make arrangements to get those checks to you. Again, anytime we have people in need on this show, anytime, we never take a dime. We never process. No processing, no administration, nothing. It's just to help people. Now, uh, Mike wants to talk about a warranty on a car. Hi, Mike. I'm Tom Martino. What's going on, Mike? Hi, Tom. Long-time listener. Thank you for Um, listening. yeah, I recently bought a car, a used car, and they pitched the, uh, you know, extended warranty. And I said no, because there's no hurry to do it. But one of the, part of the sales pitch was that he recommended, you know, right before the end of the warranty, he recommended, you know, you can take your car in, you can tell the mechanic, you know, find anything wrong you can, you know, even seals. Minor issues like that. Well, anything that's covered, anything that's covered under the warranty, of course, you should make sure you get a check just before the warranty expires. Even if you do an independent check, and then and then bring a list to the dealer, but it has to be covered by warranty, and that's a good that's good advice. So, like for a you know a regular new car warranty or the factory warranty. Um, would things like, you know, leaking seals and stuff like that be covered on the bumper to bumper out on certain warranties on, bumper bumper. on certain? Yeah. Oil leaks would be covered. Yes. Under warranty. Yes. Under the okay. normal warranty. Why are you having oil leaks already? No, I'm not. Oh, no, I, they basically just, probably Mike, pitched that. Mike, it doesn't. Did you buy the car? Yeah, I bought it. What did you buy? I bought a Toyota RAV4. And they told you that you needed the extended warranty for the leaking? No, no, no. Oh, okay. They didn't tell me. Oh, okay. That, you know, they were just trying to sell it. Right, and, but but there is, you know, they, we were talking about got, this this morning in the office. There is absolutely, positively, well, 
There's one minor exception I'll go over, but I can't think of any good reason to ever buy an extended warranty the re, for, at the time of purchase. First of all, I won't buy them anyway, but at the time of purchase especially, because at the time of purchase, it's concurrent coverage with the factory warranty. There's not one thing that the that the warranty will cover, not one thing. So when they tell you it's a five-year warranty, it is not. It is a three-year warranty right. or a two-year and I warranty. I remembered. I remember you saying that many times over the years. So, yeah. I definitely now, let me tell you it, about the one thinking. exception. Let me tell you about the one exception. But it's it's too expensive, and I wouldn't do it. Uh, I, I'll tell you how I would do it. But here's the exception. If you bought a five-year warranty, and you already had a factory warranty of 336 and the and the other warranty is 550 So if you were in your second year, and you went over... 36,000 miles, which is very possible. You would then be covered by the extended warranty. You would be until the 50,000 miles or, or the additional time. Well, and you don't need the additional time. But if it was in your second year and you exceeded mileage. But here's what I tell people. I still wouldn't buy it. Here's what I would do if I put on a lot of miles. What I would, buy, what I would do is probably... Um, wait until I'm almost at the 36,000 miles, do my final warranty check, and then I would buy an extended warranty at that time if I needed or thought I wanted one. In other words, whether you wait the three years or the, or the 36,000 miles, that's the time to buy an extended warranty because that's the time it is truly extended, right? I mean, you know, that. otherwise you buy concurrent coverage. So uh, if you have any specific questions, let me know. Tom Martina, your troubleshooter. You probably heard of Chime In, Chase Johnson, uh, Rocky Mountain Retro Foam, and he's also with Johnson Construction, which roofsbyjohnson.com and Rocky Mountain retrofoam.com rocky mountain retrofoam is an insulating company and the roofs by johnson is a roofing company and he specializes in that he has that euro shield uh hell proof roof and i want to thank him for 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 offering that 5.99 um that was wonderful he matched a gift and uh for for their christmas you know we we think about it now i'm hope i hope people are fortunate enough right now to hear that figure 5.99 and say oh that's not much man that that's that's cool but that's not much meaning. I hope you're in that situation where it's not a lot to you, but to this family, it's everything. Oh my goodness. Um, whew. It's, it's such a good feeling when we can help a, a family. And I forgot to tell her, I want to also help her with other things. I, I got in touch with a woman who, I mean, her life is empowering single women or women who are, or misplaced or displaced. And I want to hook her up with her and her organizations to help. It really does take time to transition into a different life, no matter who you are. Tyler, you have uh, an Uber issue or car insurance you want to talk about. I want to tell people we have lines open. They can get right through 303-713-TALK, 303-713-8255. And listen to this. Okay, you have open lines and you can even call to brag about your business. I call it, why am I special? And I allow people to do that. Last time we did that, 
Uh, this Wave the Grain Bakery called. It's become one of my favorite places. They do gluten-free and they do low-carb, wonderful bakery items. So anyway, all you have to do is call 303-713-TALK. And guess what? You can just promote your business and tell us why you're special. Now, if you're not special, you're going to get my honker. Um, and if you are special, you get my dinger. So what's going on with you, Tyler? Hey, how's it going, Tom? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. What's happening? So um, basically, just a quick question. I've been doing Uber for about four months now. Uh-huh. Um, I talked to my insurance company, which is eSurance, and they said that they don't do rideshare insurance, which I'm guessing that's what you need. But I've talked to Uber, and they said that they cover me if I'm Ubering. They cover you... I- Every t- they cover you where when the passenger is in the car or you're on your way, right, Mark, to pick someone. Yeah, up. long as you're in app doing something. Yes, right. yes, they cover you. In other words, you have a ride you're going to in you or dropping off, and they're pretty good at doing it. But if you have any other issues when you're just driving to Walmart to buy groceries and you have a problem, your insurance might not pay you anything because they don't watch you Ubering. Wait a minute. You think I? How would they get out of it, Mark? I don't know how they'd get out of it, but we've had Compass on before saying, "Hey, you're not allowed." Same with pizza delivery. Wait, you're not allowed to what, Mark? Say it. Uh, you're not. If you have a policy that does not allow you to, whether it's delivering pizzas or Uber, no, it doesn't say. What it says is you're not covered for that. So I think. As long as you're not doing that activity, for example, let's say a guy's at Domino's Pizza delivery. You're right. He's not going to be covered while delivering in most policies, right? But if he, let's say he's done for the night, he's on his way home, or he gets up in the morning and he's have a day off, you're not saying they would reject those claims. Jeez, I don't know, man. I I don't know how they could. You know what, though? But you know what? It is enough to call compass about though that's a good question because what about this what if you're on your way home and you you know you're done but you're on your way home they're saying come on now um so anyway tyler if you want to how would your insurance company ever know if you had a passenger or not how would they know well most most insurance companies you could lie i guess and get coverage um you i guess you could you could lie and get coverage but man that, that's fraud because they specifically won't cover it well that's what i'm saying so if you have coverage that you can't be a pizza delivery guy and they find out you are you're you, what you're intending what you're saying is if i was in the process of delivering a pizza maybe they would deny coverage if they found out right but if i wasn't i'm saying how do they know you're not bringing the pizza home? How would they home? ever know? How do they know you're not bringing the pizza home with a with a Domino's sign on the roof? They don't know that. You could be bringing it home and just have your car decorated. No, actually, I, I don't know how they find it. You know what I think? I think it's when they start talking to you, like like uh, the adjuster starts talking to you, that they try to find out this stuff. Let's Hey, let's call Compass Insurance, please. Thank you. Hey Mark, uh, wouldn't there be a police report if there's an accident? In most cases, there is a police report. So. So but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the police mention that. I wonder. I don't know. Well, if there's a passenger in the car, they're going to mention it. If there's yeah, a yeah, yeah, but, sign but so it. what? I can have my wife in the car. What I'm saying is, I don't know. Do they say an Uber driver or a guy with a paying Uber customer? I mean, so what if he says two people in the car? I mean, that doesn't mean you're ride sharing. The other thing is this. What about um, pizza delivery? 
Let, does let's he say, you say are. does he say in the police report we're on our way to a pizza delivery? Let, let's say you are ride sharing and your insurance company doesn't want you doing it, but there is passengers in there. Does your med pay kick in or do they deny the med pay? Well, first of all, let's take it one step at a time, okay? One question at a time for Jeremy, who is with Compass Insurance Group. Jeremy, hold on for one question at a time. First and foremost, if you are, do most policies now exclude ride share or food delivery? Yeah, they do. Okay, now, now that's, that's fine. Now, next question. If I am delivering a pizza or I have an Uber passenger, if I don't tell the insurance company, how would they know to deny me? There's a chance they wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, a, a lot of this depends on how much damage you cause. If it's a little fender bender, you know, they might not really research it a lot. If you go out and cause a bunch of damage and they start digging in okay. the scenario a bit more, right. they could find out. Or the adjuster starts asking questions and they look at the sure. police report. Now, next question. <laughs> this, is a more, this, is, this is a more weird question. If you, if they know you were Ubering or delivering, if they know that, they won't cover it. Okay, they won't. We know that. What if you were not? Let's say you put your Domino Pizza sign away, you turn your Uber light off, you're done for the night, and you're on your way home. You get in an accident. Will they say the mere fact that you're involved in these commercial activities excludes you from all coverage? No, if you're not on the job and you're now, you know, driving home or doing whatever else, that's not going to be an issue. And just to clarify, too, Uber, we have coverage with some of our companies to add coverage to drive for Uber. But doesn't Uber do it for them, too? They do. So there's a couple different stages. Our coverage typically just covers stage one, and then Uber's coverage typically kicks in for stage two and stage three. How about if uh, you're not supposed to be Ubering with your insurance company, but you are, and they know it, does MedPay still kick in for your passengers, even though they're Uber passengers? Because MedPay is basically non-voluntary? Well, I don't—it's a good question. I, I know it is. I know the answer. I would believe MedPay It's not that good of a question. It's the greatest question. It's not a great question. It's the best. What's, well, anytime you have passengers in your car, at that point, Uber's coverage is going to— take over so there's not it's so MedPay doesn't become an option i don't believe it would although that's that is you know i admit that is a good question because it's a no fault MedPay is a no fault no conditional kind of coverage right but once you get into where you have the passengers in the vehicle it becomes much more of a commercial risk yeah you're right it's not a good question i guess the part that doesn't i don't know why businesses and don't go out and buy entire fleets like a taxi company they don't have to pay all the commercial stuff on the vehicles and they just get a regular policy it just seems kind of odd to me that that the uber i'm saying just a regular taxi driver what i'm saying if i just use state farm and they don't want uber and i do uber and i do lyft and i do deliver Okay, then why? Even when I'm not on the clock doing that stuff, I'm still driving a crap load more than anybody would ever drive a regular vehicle. That's why they ask you how many miles you go back and forth to work. You're, what I'm you're just saying surprised is being they involved, can't deny coverage. You're saying being involved in that activity automatically makes you drive more because you're on your way to or from it. Yeah, your risk is way higher the more you, you drive. Jeremy, actuarially, is that, do you think that's accurate? If a guy's involved, it, it, I don't think, I, I think I could make the argument 
that it's no more driving than going back and forth from a regular job. Why would it be more? Because during the activity, they're covered by the company or they're not covered. The so, more you're driving, the more I don't know. That's who true. The you more are, the more you're at risk for getting you're in right. an accident. You're right. If you're driving, let's say a unit, just give a number to it, a unit of twenty, okay, because you're involved in commercial activity. But the personal use is still a unit of ten. They're only covering you for personal use. Yes, but you're okay. If you drive ten hours. Hours commercially, if right, you will, right. then That's you're a- driving home to work. Well, you're a hell of a lot more tired now, aren't you? Because well, you've been driving Jeremy, all day. Jeremy, I mean, it, that's no more than, well, I guess, okay, if you look at it like that. But would have, could, do you think insurance companies, hold on. We'll, Why we'll do ask, you think we'll they ask, ask you right how many miles we'll, you we'll, drive to work? We'll ask it right after this. Hi, Tom Martino, your troubleshooter. 303-713-TALK. 713-8255. We're trying to, we're trying to figure out, um, you know, obviously the amount of time you're on the road determines risk. If, if for, they ask how many miles you drive, if you drive 100,000 miles a year, it's probably going to be different than someone who drives 10 miles, a day, uh, 10 miles a week, or you know what I'm saying. So, but, but there's another question too, and that is, even though they can make the argument you're on the road longer in all when you have Uber or Lyft, or pizza are well, let's not say pizza because they don't cover the coverage but the thing is uber covers you every time you're on the app so i don't see why that would be more exposure for your personal line if 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 uber is covering all the rest of the time yes you're on the road more but that extra coverage is covered right? Yeah, but you could argue they're more tired at the end of the day when they're off and they're driving home jeremy are there any arguments at all for that for, for rating someone higher because of uber or lyft even if they don't have coverage for that no, and I don't think they do. I think the only the Uber and Lyft coverage we can add is pretty inexpensive, but it is specifically covering them while they're doing the. Job have you ever heard of an one. adjuster? Because I'm going to talk to one. Have you heard of an adjuster ever making an argument that, okay, we understand they're not covered for this acti- that that other activity, but it's that other activity that caused them to be at a higher risk or more tired or whatever. Uh, have you ever heard an adjuster make that argument? No, not well, really. Let's ask an adjuster. Thank you, Jeremy. Compass Insurance Group, and that's um, 303-996-9000, home of the, the great insurance checkup, by the way, which you should do at least every three years for sure. Jim is, an, is a claims adjuster. He says, Jim, um, can you answer that one simple question first, then make your general comments? Um, have you ever heard of adjusters making an argument that uh, the guy's in a fender bender? He's not on the clock. He's on his own time, but they or, or in a serious accident even, whatever. Have you ever heard an adjuster make the argument that uh, I realize he wasn't doing his Uber or his Lyft or his pizza now, but that activity definitely contributed to his, um, his you know, the fact that he was tired, his fatigue or whatever? Have you ever heard that argument being made? No, and I wouldn't touch that argument with a 10-foot pole. Okay. And you're how long have you been an adjuster? Uh, eight, nine years. Okay. So what did you want to comment on to begin with? So usually on the med pay portion, when it comes to ride share, there's, and it varies insurance company to insurance company, of course. But when you look at your med pay coverage, usually under the exclusions, there is an exclusion for um, – 
you know, ride sharing or public livery service that would exclude coverage. Yeah. Um, so I would just encourage people to check your policy to see if it actually affords coverage or not. Yeah. Um, did you find most of the time it doesn't cover the med pay part doesn't cover when you're involved in that activity? A lot of times it doesn't due to that exclusion. What kind of uh, adjusting do you do, bro? both property and a uh, car? Uh, yeah, so I do property damage for auto. Um, I've handled med pay in the past and then like attorney repped bodily injury type claims. So you work for insurance companies most of the time? Correct. Okay. So uh, do you find, uh, I was going to ask, would a normal investigation that you do uncover that they're on a, on the job if they didn't want to disclose it? Uh, yes, usually it does. Okay. Anyway, that's a lot to talk about. We have more coming up. Any comments we'll be taking or any problems, questions, or complaints? I'm troubleshooter Tom Martino. Don't forget the uh, RockyMountainRetroFoam.com and RoofsByJohnson.com. We have more to talk about. Stick around. This is the Troubleshooter Show. Help, I need somebody. Now, Tom Martino, the Troubleshooter. Hi, I'm Tom Martino, your troubleshooter. 303-713-TALK, 713-8255. We have uh, RockyMountainRetroFoam.com. FoamYourWalls.com is really the one I should be saying. That's the one that shows you the video you won't believe. Um, FoamYourWalls.com. Let me know what you think of it. Also, uh, this hour brought to you by RealCBDThatWorks.com. And uh, RealCBD. And it's uh, a local company in Golden. They're national, of course, but located right here in Golden with a pharmaceutical lab, realcbdthatworks.com. Let's talk about life insurance. We were talking about car insurance and what makes you a higher risk. In life insurance, activity makes you a higher risk. I'm asking Joe Keanu. He's an expert. Now, Joe, I'm not asking for become the banker. I'm not asking about that because I I want to talk about the contract of life insurance as an industry. And you, okay. you are an instructor. You have taught life insurance. You, you people go to you to get their licenses, right? That is correct. Right. And also their continuing education. Right. So for life insurance, first of all, they mm-hmm. ask your occupation, right? So your occupation does make a difference in rating you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what about your recreational activities? You're a very skydiver. The same, the, the same, Tom. You know, okay. if you're a skydiver, scuba diver, anything like that that is actually dangerous. Can you okay? Can, can you explain what a contestability period is for life insurance? I think it's two years, or is that it no is. longer okay? What does that mean? That means that the uh, that the company can actually look at your medical records when you pass away, and if they find that you actually defrauded them or lied to them, like if you were a smoker but you claimed yeah. not to be a smoker. They can actually deny the claim or actually pay less on the death benefit. So if you were insured and one year later you went out skydiving and were and you got and you were killed, let's say you answered honestly that you're mm-hmm. you know, that you don't have any risky hobbies, but a year later you get into skydiving, what happens if you die there? It doesn't matter. After that during the contestability period, he dies from skydiving. Right. No, he doesn't. That doesn't, that doesn't apply to, you know, to that example that you just gave me. If somebody does not skydive at the time of the application, 
And then a year later, they take skydiving. That company will pay for that. They don't they have to be- disclose. So Mark was asking, if if what if I join the Marines a year later or two years or three or whatever? What if I substantially change my habits or activities? You become a smoker or you, uh, you, you go skydiving or you're a fire jumper, whatever. Does that change your life insurance? It does not. And does the contract ever say that you must let them know about stuff? No, not at all. See, this is what they call a unilateral contract. That means that only one party is actually liable. So if if at the time of the application you were not doing anything hazardous or you didn't smoke or you didn't do anything that could prevent you from getting life insurance, then the company will actually approve you as a standard risk. Then wow. take the skydiving or scuba diving, or if you begin smoking or join the Marines or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter because you have been approved as a standard rate. Do you find that shocking, Mark? I do and I don't. I think it would be very strange if it didn't work that way because these companies would use tons of different things to get out of paying. Well, absolutely, Mark. You're absolutely right. But the contract is a contract. It's a legal binding contract from, you know, from the company to the insured. So if at the time of the application, nothing prevented that individual from getting life insurance. That's right. Yeah. So really, if a kid at, you know, the ripe age is 17 or 18 is thinking of joining the military, he should really lock into a 30 year policy right before he joins. Then his family, whether he has one or not, uh, is going to be good. Not just the hundred grand the military gives him, but whatever he purchases. Well, I have a question. Um, sure. Do they have exclusions in a life insurance policy like military service not covered or anything like that? Some companies do, Tom. You know, they have exclusions, you know, like uh, like the military is one of them. You know, okay. Act, you know, like act of war and things of that sort. Right. Just like uh, if you remember 9-11, that's a good example. You see, the president actually declared war and companies didn't really have to pay the death benefit, but they did. Because they had a moral obligation. Oh, to wait. Their uh, okay, so they do. That is a hell of a big out. It is. Well, military yeah, I mean, for 9 11, did all the companies pay? Was there any companies well, that didn't on. pay due to 9 11? No. Why? No. Because that's a terrorist act, you mean? Yeah, they called it oh, an right. act of war. Uh, it's a ter- it yeah, terrorism war. is often excluded, isn't it? That's right. But, I mean, all the, comp- all the companies paid. Okay. I mean, that's the key. Yeah, because it's of public because profession. of public pressure. Yeah, and well, and Uncle Sam bailed a lot of them out. Joe, I love you, man, but don't you ever say insurance is an honorable profession again. Don't ever say that. (laughs) Now, you might be honorable. I'm talking about the underwriters. I'm sorry, Joe. I don't share your enthusiasm for the insurance industry. However, I will say, as insurances go, life insurance probably has the best interpretations when it comes to coverage than, let's say, car insurance or other insurances. Hey, I I got a question, though. Joe, I just want to really understand this. So if something is called an act of terrorism, let's take this London Bridge thing that just happened. Like two, maybe it was four people got killed by this nutball who's out there stabbing people, and it is an act of terrorism. Those people, if they did have life insurance and it had a terrorism exclusion, that company could say, forget it, we're not going to pay. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. But again, you know, there's a moral obligation, you know, yep. because yeah, you I can know. imagine if they couldn't, I mean, if they didn't pay the death benefit, 
you know, what would happen? No, that's for I, I, we understand that, but they technically can. Joe, when's your next seminar for Become the Banker? Because it's not only life insurance, it's life insurance on steroids. That is right. It's going to be January the 16th. January the 16th. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And where and where do they go to find out more? It's let me see if I can remember it. It's 303-779-6600. That is right. Oh, cool. Great memory. No, no, really, I say it all the time. But anyway, Mark, did you have something specific for Joe? No, I just I, I just start thinking about that. Who actually defines terrorism? Is a school shooting terrorism? What? what? You mean like they can call it domestic terrorism? Yeah, does but that Joe, cover? Is, the, I mean, what the hell does it is, cover? Is a regular crime covered normally? I'm not talking about terrorism now, but a regular crime, if you're hit? Yeah. Huh? Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We have had a lot of death claims. All right. When people got uh, shot, you know. Okay. Basically. Now, um, doctor, uh, our doctor has a question. Hey, Deputy Joe, doc. Let me, let me just get this straight. So if you have a job as a radio talk show host and you're sitting at a desk all day, you get a life insurance policy, and then six months later you get a job at um, as a crab fisherman in the, you know, like on TV, Does that and you're at a significantly higher risk, does that negate the policy? Do you have to tell them that you change occupations? Not at all. Not at all. They go by the by the by the occupation and your health and your avocation at the time of the application. Okay, thank you. Anything that answers it. All right. Anything well, Joe, approve you. We yeah. appreciate all the information. Again, become the uh, banker dot org. Become the banker dot org. Joe has an Uber comment. Go ahead, Joe. Tom, there's a trap with that Uber uh, coverage. If you're an Uber driver, it's liability only. Uh, that will oh, cover, you know, wait. Yeah. Are you sh- okay? Yeah. So they don't cover your car, right? So if you're uh, driving for Uber and you either cause the accident and to total your car, or you're hit by an uninsured motorist and you have a fifteen thousand dollar car loan, you're SOL because they're not they they don't provide you collision coverage on your vehicle, so you'll be stuck with a total vehicle and no collision coverage. Oh wow. man, I can't believe I haven't said that before. Holy it makes perfect sense. They're gonna. They're not gonna. Well, they are. Then, they're gonna deny what, it. Then when d- is someone covered for that? Think about if it wasn't your fault. When is someone covered for that? And it was an uninsured Let's person. Let's call Compass. That hit you. I need the Compass has to have clients who do Uber. We need to ask them this one. Joe, you really should come in and I'll buy you lunch because whenever I tell people when you teach me something new or you can say something that that I go whoa, you come in, we buy you. If lunch. you come in, he'll he'll uh, give you the dinger. I'll give you the dinger plus no, I'm gonna give him the dinger right now. I'm gonna give him the dinger right now. Where is my dinger? It's it's cold out. Would you please have my dinger ready to go at all times, ugly Ed? Jeez, please. All right. The fluffer. Now we're gonna talk about NBA trademarks and more. Our number is 303-713-Talk. And then I want to talk about exclusions in a hail-proof warranty, what people need to look out for. Tom Martino here, 303-713-TALK, 713-8255. And, uh, boy, Genesis Total Exteriors is the place to go if you're looking for a great contractor. He's doing kitchens, baths, and basements right now. And, uh, yeah, he does roofing and siding and windows, and he's a great guy. GenesisTotalExteriors.com. And, then Chase, uh, hail-proof. Hailproof, all hailproof warranties have have some kind of exclusions. This is a pretty hefty one. I mean, doesn't it insure up to 
or guarantee up to two inches, two full well, inches? It or depends what? on. So they have two lines. They have the Vermont solid solid core, which uh, is unlimited. It doesn't matter what? the size of hail for twenty years. How much is that more than the regular? Ten um, percent. About, about, about yeah, not 20? even ten percent. Wait a minute. You can get regular Euro Shield, mm-hmm. and that's for two inches. That's two inches for twenty years. And then you can get un. I see. I didn't know this. I'm going to write this then down. Then the Vermont Slate Solid Core is unlimited hail for twenty years. Is that is that Euro Shield two or yes, different? that's Euro Shield. But that it's is a different the, line. It is the most comprehensive hail warranty. There is no other hail warranty on the market like that. But I, we do point out to customers that that hail warranty covers the product. It doesn't cover the insta- installation. Well, of course. But and, it covers. None of them do. They're really? saying that hey, for twenty years, doesn't matter what size hits this. If it gets hit, we will give you brand new Euro Shield to put up. Wow. If there's damage, which I don't think we're going to see it. I've I've shot this stuff with hail cannons time and time again, and no, it's hail proof. All right. Okay, uh, Jeremy. We, we continue to have questions, sir. I'm sorry, Compass Insurance Group, very quickly. What are sure. we talking about again, Mark, the, the reason we have them on this? Yeah, time? we had someone call up. Listen to this Oh, scenario. yes, the property damage. That's what? right. So if someone's driving Uber. people around while on the clock for Uber under their insurance, their insurance won't cover your own vehicle. So therefore, if yours gets totaled, you're not going to get any collision coverage as far as the property, right? See, I'm, I'm questioning that a bit because I just had a client a couple weeks ago who got into an accident while driving for Uber, and the Uber coverage, you know, he had our stage one, but he was in stage two or three, and he was complaining to me that he did have physical damage coverage, but he had a $2,500 deductible. So he was just frustrated that he couldn't get, he couldn't set the deductible. Yeah, but he, he how about it. if it was a company that does not sell Uber coverage whatsoever? Well, no, this, this coverage was through Uber, not through us. So no, I, I don't think I'm explaining strategy. it right. I, I don't. Let's say right now I have Safeco. Fair enough? Mm-hmm. So I have Safeco, and I'm also an Uber driver. I don't buy any additional insurance through Safeco whatsoever. I get into an accident while I have a passenger. The liability part is paid by Uber if there is any. Are but we Uber doesn't page? cover the cars. Yeah, but then the car, my car that got totaled as well... Who pays for yeah, that? Jeremy Uber doesn't. Does, my under, go ahead. My understanding is Uber does because that's the exact scenario. Because this guy called, had. maybe he doesn't know. Well, let's ask an Uber driver. Yeah. Okay. This guy yeah. said no, no, no. Let's, Jeremy. Thank you. Let's ask an Uber driver. Oh, Jeremy. Here's what I want to know. But but what, when, hold when, on. That same thing. Is it still safe to say Jeremy Safeco wouldn't cover it? That is correct. They would not. Now hold on a sec. I want to ask you another question, Jeremy. If you buy from you guys. A personal line that covers rideshare. What does it cover? That's just covering you during stage one. So our understanding of stage one is when you have the app on, but you have not actually accepted to go pick up someone yet. So our our understanding, and this changes all the time, so that's why I'm saying it that way, that stage two is typically when you've accepted you're going to pick up someone and you're on your way to pick them up and then stage three is when they're in your car and what does personal line cover if you buy it would just be stage one so you're on maybe you're driving around the app is on but you don't have well uber covers you then uber covers you then why would i buy it i think uber's coverage kicks in once you accept like i'm driving around now you want to ride i say yes i'll pick you no, up they told us way to get you they told us one of the drivers told us they cover you while you're trolling okay 
I, Meaning, hold now, on, Tyler, 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 you're an Uber driver, yes. right? Yes. Are you covered while you are trolling, just on the app, but you haven't accepted a ride? Yes, I am. I'm covered at that point. At what point? But if I have, if I have a person in the vehicle, yes, then my car is not covered, but the passenger and I am okay. Uber. And, and another car would be covered. The liability. Yes, We're, the other car. Now, Tyler, but, but I, I asked another question. I don't think you understood it, or I didn't understand the answer. When you are not driving with a passenger and you have not accepted a ride, you are simply out on duty with the app on waiting to accept one. Are you covered? Um, I, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Um, I'm thank per- you. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, no I mean, thanks one, for I the know. honesty. I now, Jeremy, that's what then, uh, personal lines would cover if you buy that additional endorsement. That's correct. So maybe that's why insurance offers that because they know that's the kind of twilight zone there. It, it has traditionally been, but the thing with Uber, it seems like it changes pretty constantly. And we'll talk to our, you know, our clients who are drivers and they're telling us stuff that six months ago, it was something different. So okay. I just, my advice to them is always just, you know, communicate with Uber and try and stay on top. All right. Of now, it, did you have a question, uh, Tyler, that involves insurance? No. Okay. What are just, what are uh, your other questions, sir? Um. Basically, I was just calling to ask because I called earlier about the Uber. Yes. And I talked to someone from Uber because I'm an Uber driver, and yeah. I called them. Yes. And that's what they told me. What so did they? T- case, what did they tell you? They told me exactly what I just said. Okay. They said that if someone's in the car, right. I got you. Then, so now, what's then, your yeah, what's so. your follow up question on that? Then my follow up question is. Is if it, my car's not covered, how? What's a good company to go to? I'm guessing Compass Insurance, but uh, I also called my insurance company, and they told me to go get um, commercial insurance. No, well, hold Wait. on, hold on. No, you can just buy an endorsement. But I want to ask you something, Tyler. Who's your current yeah. carrier? Insurance. And when was the last time you had that reviewed? How long have you had e-insurance? Uh, less than six months. Okay. I just switched from uh, American Family. Well, that's good. That's good you you switched from American Family. They suck. But here's the deal. I would still go to Compass and ask them about the endorsement for stage right. one of ride right. sharing. Okay? Okay. That, that's... Can I do that? Can I do that as like, can I just buy that as a whole without going my car insurance through them i don't think jeremy jeremy you can't buy just that endorsement to put on another policy right no you can't it it just comes on the auto policy how much does it increase the premium do you know for stage one ride share coverage 20 30 bucks a year it's really cheap but it would not cover the vehicle when he has someone in the car and he well, got no, in an accident. We understand that. We understand okay. that it doesn't cover you for stage two and three of your Uber ride. It's only stage one when you're out trolling, right? Right. Correct. Okay, So, and that's what he's looking for. That seems to be the twilight zone. Man, that's complicated, huh, Mike? You have a comment on something? Go ahead, sir, on my dinger, it says. You want to comment on my dinger? That's kind of weird. Yeah, it sounds kind of sick. I think you need to bring it out more often and let Mark look at it. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> now, Mark, uh, I don't know. 
He wants I think to I'm do, better qualified. You know, he, he's think, looking for dinger enhancements. Think of real quick Uber. Real quick. And Uber. let's say on trolling, they did cover you. Yes. You would just keep your app on, and you wouldn't even need your own insurance at that point. <laughs> Ever. Seriously. You know, you're right. If they covered trolling. If they did cover trolling. So, Tyler, I want to get it straight. When you get up in the morning or go out at night and you're intending to get and you get on the app but have not yet accepted a ride, you are not covered, right? Correct. And your (laughs) personal insurance doesn't cover you, right? Right, but there's kind of a loophole there. What do you mean? They do have a little coverage in Um, that one. What do you mean? So, basically... um, I have Uber stickers in my in my windows, and they have peel off. It's peel and restick. I can literally shut off my app, pull off the stickers, and say, "Hey, I'm not an Uber driver," and wow. there's no trace of me doing being Uber. So, and wait, they can't tell they can't tell you were on the app. No, they would have to contact Uber. But if they don't know that I'm an Uber driver, if I hide the stickers, then they don't know. No, but if there call. was an accident report, you'd probably have a passenger or someone there. Right, but if I had a passenger, then I would be covered through Uber. All right. But if I was just trolling. I understand. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Do we have a lot to talk about? We have another guy who wants to talk about. He's really pissed. We're going to take him, and we'll tell you why he's pissed, because he was hit by uninsured motorists. Hi. Tom Martino, your troubleshooter, 303-713-TALK, 713-8255. Don is pissed off. I better get a sound effect for that one. Go ahead, sir. What can we help you with? What are you upset about? Well, last night I got rear-ended on my way home while I was sitting on this on the road, turning into my subdivision, and uh, I get rear-ended by somebody I can't understand, and they're holding an insurance card that appears to be good to the police and everything, but when you call the insurance company, in other words, yeah. you're hit by uninsured motorists. Now, does the police do any? Do the police usually do something about that? Yeah, they get a ticket for it, but uh, they still leave scot free, and uh, it's up to me to deal with all the issues of it. This is the second time it's happened. In 2013, I got run over on a brand new motorcycle by somebody with a expired Mexican drive license, no God. insurance. The city <laughs> it's expired Mexican license. Wow. And, and the policeman That's really told, him leave, told, told him to leave. And while we were getting loaded into the ambulance, Are you kidding? Um, I asked him if he arrested him. He said, no, it's not worth my time and trouble. And uh, wound up costing me $16,000. Holy crap. Wow. And I'm just wondering why we have made this state a sanctuary state where they get driver's licenses or a free pass to everything. And, you know, it's just frustrating. Our insurance in this state is high as hell because of uninsured motorists. Now I'm stepping out there a little. I'm stepping out there. I'm stepping out there on a limb, but I would say you're a Trump voter. Well, yeah. Okay, now listen, on a serious note, uninsured motorists is terrible. It's a terrible thing. I, I, I mean, it's happened to me once. And I, I used to joke that the first English people learn when they come to America is, sir, I have no insurance. 
um, uh, because it's it's like it's so common now. Um, and by the way, uh, just just so you know, there is coverage you can get, of course, not just for personal injury. A lot of people get uninsured coverage thinking it's going to cover their car and it doesn't collision coverage covers your car but if your car is older and it's not worth getting collision coverage you can get a little known coverage known as prop uninsured motorist property damage and that's for older cars where you don't need regular collision coverage for hitting a tree or getting in an accident but you won't know what to do if someone totals your car uninsured. See, if someone totals your car totals your car normally, they have insurance to pay for it. But if you hit, if you're hit by someone uninsured, even with an older car, that can be devastating. So you get uninsured property damage. So uh, just, I, I think the biggest problem with insurance, though, in this state, is the limits. Twenty-five thousand is next to nothing, and a lot of people get the cheapest insurance. Why do they even have that limit? I I don't know, but if you hit a car that's a hundred thousand dollars, I mean, you're still screwed, no matter how you look at it. I don't know, but normally the reason they have minimums is that uh, they figure that people just won't need them. I mean, just won't uh, need anything beyond that because they're not worth more, and that really is true. You know, really, the people who have the lower limits are the ones you can't go after anyway. You usually insure to what people can take from you to protect what you have. Um, anyway, so uh, Charles has a question about trademarks. Charles. 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 Yeah. What's going on with you? Tom, is this Tom Martino? It is. Man, this is this is Charles the Bug Cyrus. Remember, I wrote a jingle for you, and you put me on the air. Charles, ago? I remember that. I love that That's jingle. Right. This is me, man. Do you still have that jingle? <laughs> man, I still know it. I still know it right Sing here it. in my heart, man. Sing it. Let me see. Um, money or the funny orders tickles your bone like the IRS will take your home. Everybody knows about Al Capone. The IRS took your money or at home. National Training Incorporated. So give me your money and I'll put you in training. Don't you deal or you know you feel the agonies of life like an overdose pill. Everybody knows dogs, man's best friend. They put a price on the head and it might be dead. Listen to me, Tom. Did you hear what I said? Hang on tough and do your... It was, it was like that. Man, he wasn't kidding. Tom, that is Tom, very good, so, bro. Yes. Tom, I am so pissed right now, man, because, you know, when, when you put me on the line and I was 100% yeah, and I had no time to practice. Yeah. Or Well, when the NBA relocated to Oklahoma, I live in Oklahoma now, when they in, relocated from Seattle, Washington, 30 to 40 hours later, Clay Bennett was on statewide television and asked all Oklahomans, you have a great idea? Share it with us. Okay. So I found out where the Thunder's headquarters was, and I wrote a song. I asked them, can I wrote, write a Wait, song? Wait, you, yes. you wrote a song for the team? That's right. And it's titled, The NBA's Oklahoma City Thunder, Go Thunder, that the author created the words, the lyrics, the music for are the they, NBA. Are they Oklahoma. using it? They have been using it. Yes, they have. Are they paying you for it? No, not at all. Everybody sponsors and everybody been making wait money a minute, off wait of a my minute. copyright. Charles, Charles, did you tell them they could have it? Did you give it to them? No, 
No, I before I even shared this idea with them, I asked them, can I sign a release form? And they told me no twice. Wait a minute. It's unbelievable that an NBA team would knowingly steal intellectual property and use it knowing the fines could be fantastic. Amen. And when I asked them to sign a release form, they told me no twice. So I went across the street to the uh, public library and I received, got my copyright form. I sent my copyright in. Okay, and listen, and date. copyright is it. It's not a trademark. It is a copyright. You did the right thing. Um, you realize they have to pay you for every single use. Tom, at a later date, I trademarked the title to my song. So I own the state-owned trademark. Well, listen, here, City yeah, but a trademark doesn't matter at this point. Copyright, I mean, it, it would matter, but right now you have a claim. So what are you doing about it? Let's get our intellectual property attorney on if we can. Hang on there. I want to talk to our intellectual property attorney. I'm Tom Martino, 303-713-TALK. Now, I, I, we're trying to get a hold of Mark Trenner. I'm not sure if we have him. Before we do, Frank Duran, the real estate man, I wanted to ask you something, Frank. Um, somebody just emailed me and wanted to know what areas you serve. I want to make sure I give out the right information. I, I don't know, actually, uh, how far out you go. You know, Tom, from northeast, southwest, we cover a lot. So all of Denver metro area and surrounding, we're closing one in Golden here, actually, in a couple days. Just closed one in Strasburg, Colorado. Like Elbert County, for example? Oh, yeah. And in fact, we go as far as Castle Rock. Uh, and then, of course, Windsor as far north and everything in between. So okay. we cover, gosh, everything. Littleton, Inglewood, Highlands Ranch, you name it. That's cool. And, Frank, I, I want to emphasize that you have a no-holds uh, agreement if somebody just gives you a day. Absolutely. In fact, we send in cleaning crews. We send in, I mean, we, we do so much up front. If they change their mind, we would still let them out of the contract. They wouldn't know us a dime, Tom. Yeah, and you know what? People don't. They're crazy. They love you, and they, they would be crazy to get out of it. 303-920-1622. Thank you for that. Now, Charles, you have a problem, man. You're telling me that the, are, what are they called? The Thunderbolts, Oklahoma? Uh, Thunder? Uh, Charles, so you, you did a song for him. And, uh, Mark, yeah. why did you say this confused you? Because it looks like ACDC wrote their song. Charles, what song are you talking about? My, my song was copyrighted 19 days before the Thunder played their first game in history. I, 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 I'm not asking about that. I'm asking what song are they using? What is it? I mean, we can't find it. Uh, yeah, I wrote a song for them, and they have used it. They've been palming off of it, and it just went right along with my trademark written words. Can you get the song written by ACDC for the Thunderbolts? And then Thunder Who? I haven't heard it. What's the song? What is your song called? Let's get really basic. What is your song called? The title to my song is called The NBA's Oklahoma City Thunder Go Thunder. Okay. Did you enter a contest or did you send it in unsolicited? No, 30 to 40 hours after the, N- the, the uh, NBA relocated from Seattle, Washington, Clay Bennett was on television and asked all Oklahomans, you know, to share their ideals. I asked them, can I write a song? They said yes, with no 
no warnings or uh, you know. Well, it doesn't matter. I, you know, they can't say he gave it to him without express express permission. It's not like it's not like they own it. You didn't sign any contract with him to do this free. Nothing. You didn't officially Nothing. enter a contest. Okay, so I mean, now, I have no clue what he's talking about, though. What do you, Mark, he wrote a song, entered a contest. I can't find the song anywhere, and their official song is by ACDC. Yeah, that's so the I have problem. no idea what he's talking. about. Do you have about. that song? Let's hear it. Is this your song? You're saying? Oh, move in farther. All right, there. Go Thunder. Is that what you're calling yours, Charles? Yep, nope. Mine, mine is. Mine is. Go Thunder. Go Thunder. Oh, let's go Thunder. Go Thunder. Go Thunder. Oh, let's go. And that's what they've been using. Okay, go Thunder. Where do they go use thunder. it? Yeah, where do they use it, Charles? <laughs> they they've been using it in the Chesapeake Arena, and they got billboards, banners, and selling these. Okay, words to listen, you might have sponsors. a case. Let me just in case I, I, we can't get a hold of Mark right now. Maybe Mark can uh, talk to Mark and. No? Maybe. He's just not answering my text, right. Tom. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to call Mark Trenner if we can't get a hold of him. I want you to call him anyway. He'll give you a free consultation. Mark Trenner, he can send a letter or something. Man, you may have some damages if for sure they're using that that chant or that song. 720-221-3708. That's Mark Trenner, no. Trenner Law. 720-221-3708. So let's talk about that. Are they truly using it? When was the last time they used it? The last time, the last time um, I have seen or uh, heard about them using it is when um, some friends of mine told me that they was at the uh, last one of the last games and they've been using it. People at the grocery stores always tell me they they was at the game and they've been they they heard my song. They heard your song. I heard wow. your song, Charles. Wow. What do you think, Marky? Are the people singing it, or they're actually playing all you the, singing it? All the fans, it? all them fans in the, at the games are singing it. Okay, like at a baseball game, take me out to the ball game kind of thing. Yes, yes, all that. So the crowd sings it. Does someone start it up first? Does the cheerleader do it, or what? I I have no the idea. Mascot? I never went to a game. All right. Well, you ought to get some proof on this thing. That would help, but. Oh, I have I have proof. I got a lot of proof. Well, yeah, but here's what I mean. You know, December uh, two second eight p.m. at the game. I mean, what I'm saying is the way they calculate your losses is by penalty. It's statutory. You you know, so mm -hmm. you you need to you really need to know specifics, or you have nothing. Mm -hmm. So start logging. You got to start logging. Call Mark Trenner, TrennerLaw.com. Okay. No, it's not TrennerLaw.com. I'm sorry. It's it's Mark Trenner. Do they show and, the and, words and just... up on the big screen? Oh, they I, they've been showing these these words on billboards, on the screen, on buildings. Well, go Thunder. It, Hold on. Go Thunder. In and of itself, you're never going to get copyright. Okay, go Thunder. All right, that is not going to be yours. If they show Go Thunder on a billboard, forget it. If you think you're going to be uh, get money, because Go Broncos, Go Avalanche, Go everyone, you know that, right, Charles? You do it's understand that, huh? It's all sports. Right, so you do know that you're not going to be paid for the go part of that, right? See, but that's why I have my words trademark. It, uh, Mark, uh, it, did they actually issue you a trademark on Go Thunder? 
Yes, here in Oklahoma, the Secretary of State's office. Well, uh, that's a federal trademark. They can't give you a trademark. No, in the, I don't know what you got, Mark Charles. Uh, uh, Trenor Law 720-221-3708. You're, you're really mistaken, Charles. You can have a business called Go Thunder or, a tra- or DBA, but you can't get a trademark on a generic term. You can't. A federal trademark. You can't get it on a generic term. I'm sorry. So you don't have one. Send us what you do have, and we'll look into it. Give them the address, Suzanne. Let's get that address. I'm Tom Martino. Save all your problems for me. This is the Troubleshooter Show. Help. I need somebody. Now, Tom Martino, the Troubleshooter. Welcome to the show, the only show of its kind. We are here to solve your problems, answer your questions, take your complaints, try to make your life just a little bit better. If you're new to the show, here's what we do. Listen to this number, over $200 million cash merchandise exchanges and refunds directly into your pocket. So if you have been ripped off, maybe a contractor took money, never showed up. You know what we do? We use the power of the media, this radio station, the Internet, anything, every part that we touch. The entire media is a weapon against the bad guys. We go after them, and we do it unlike anybody else. We have lots of different methods, and we're very good at it. So if you have been taken advantage of or ripped off, 303-713-8255. It's very easy. 303-713-8255. Any questions you have. A few other numbers. One. 303 Martino. That number works on and off the air. So if you ever want to get in touch with us when we're not right here doing a live show, 303 Martino. And let's not forget help at troubleshooter.com. That's an email that comes directly to all of us. We see it. One of us will reach out to you if we have to have a certain time to get you on the radio. If you got maybe just a question. And that's about it. In studio with me today... I've got Chase with Johnson Construction. Chase, who's with you here? Tim? Yes, I got my general manager over at Rocky Mountain Retrofoam, Tim Kite. So Tim Kite with uh, Rocky Mountain Retrofoam, which you own, Chase, right? Is he a partner or just your GM, if you will? He's currently just the GM. I say just your GM. No, he's he's also the boss. Yeah, and what Retrofoam is, it's very curious for folks that uh, haven't been listening. It's an injectable substance you would put into your house if you did not have proper insulation or maybe even if you did had what was considered at the time proper insulation and you want better insulation and the other cool part about it is it's somewhat noise proof too or soundproofing yeah that's exactly right this will actually in a two by four wall reduce the sound coming from outside by about 80 percent that's incredible how about how about the interior let's say uh you've got an active bedroom or something and you have small kids around would it actually be useful in the interior walls it is very useful we do this for a lot of offices and homeowners that have areas like let's say a master bedrooms downstairs next to the uh the living room yeah where the tv's noisy or which a lot of uh, floor plans are like that now. exactly we put it in those walls and it really reduces that that uh, sound coming through substantially you know everybody anytime we have any go ahead suzanne i see her she's I'm over not there saying perched. a word no why why 
Three what you're thinking is right, though. Yes, it does uh, cancel out loud noises. Yeah, exactly. It does. So we get it. Uh, people are requested for a lot of different reasons, and we're very happy to help them with it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But really, where the product was developed is for what? Older older buildings, older homes where the wind, the cold just gets in. Exactly. Any home. Or the was, heat gets out. Sure, sure. Any home that was built that has substandard insulation, which is uh, basically most of the homes out there nowadays. Chase, I want to pick your brain on a few things as we go. Uh, one of them is, you started Johnson's Roofing when? Uh, 2006. 2006. Johnson's Construction, mm-hmm. I should say. Yes. And then you purchased or started Rocky Mountain Retrofoam pretty recently, a couple of years? or About a year ago. So, you're a young guy. How old are you? 32. There's a lot of people out there going, how does a guy that age own these two successful businesses? And I want to kind of pick your brain on, uh, you know, let's say a guy right now that's working for a roofing company. Let's say he's a sales guy for a roofing company. There's so many of these guys out there that want to start their own business. Maybe they don't know how, but more importantly, some of the mistakes. So I'm going to make you share some of your secrets. Bill, what's going on with you, Bill? Well, have you guys, did you guys make it to town at all after the snow? Uh, you mean a couple weeks ago? No, I played hooky. Oh, like now, like with the way the streets were. Yeah, I mean, we're here. What do you mean, did we make it? Did we make it where? Well, into town, into Denver. Well, yeah. not on Tuesday we didn't, but on Wednesday we did. You mean last week. So what do you think? Who's liable? Is the city liable if you had an accident or you messed up your car because of the way the streets were? I mean, there was a foot of ice on the street. No, they wouldn't be liable at all. First of all, there's governmental immunity, Bill. You know that. You listen to the show all the time. Right. Well, I'm just wondering because it's... You know where I get upset, though, is potholes. I mean, potholes to me, if there's a pothole and it's been around for way too long and the city's been called on it numerous times and they never do anything about it, that does drive me crazy. Well, then you you never drove in New York City, did you? Yeah, actually, I did. I've driven know, in New York City. You know, here's the other thing, though, Bill. If, if we think about governmental immunity, if we didn't have it, what would happen? Can you imagine if they had to pay for everybody that did hit a pothole? Yeah, we but, wouldn't have a government. We wouldn't have a fire department. We wouldn't have a police department. So where I hate governmental immunity, I also know you have to have governmental immunity. Yeah, but this was ridiculous because right in the Lakewood newspaper, Yeah, I, I live straight west of downtown. The, the mayor was complaining the reason why they didn't do it was is because it cost too much money. What would cost? Just the plow. Dan, the what are you saying? What are you mumbling over there? I just said do well, what? Yeah, uh, do what? What are we paying taxes You for? mean it, too much to plow? Right, right. Well, maybe that's true while it's still snowing. Right. Well, we uh, Douglas snow- County was out pretty good. I think Douglas County, I saw CDOT out. Um, I thought they did pretty good. I don't know about Lakewood. You did West pretty Colfax, good. West Colfax was an ice skating rink. I went up to St. Anthony's, the hospital last week. My God, though, you live in Colorado, Bill. I know, but I'm saying they can plow the streets, though. Um, I'm not scared. In nineteen in 1996, when the city got shut down, yeah. I'm retired from Excel. Remember that, though? The Broncos made it to the plane. Wasn't right. that anyway, that year? Anyway. I made it to work and worked 36 hours straight. Yeah, that's, I'm, not scared. I'm not scared of the snow. In 1974, I walked uh, uphill both ways to school with no shoes. So, I mean, we're in the same boat. I understand. 303-713-8255. What do you say? 
What do you say? Tyler has an Uber clarification. To catch everybody up, it was pretty simple. We were talking about insurance, how insurance works with Uber. There's different levels when you're an Uber driver. One, what did they call them, Dan? Was it a class? You're in stage, stage one, one. Stage two, stage three. That's right. So three stages. Right. Stage one is basically when you're trolling, meaning you're on the app, you're looking for a fare. Stage two, you're on the way to a fare. Right. And then stage three, you have a fare in the car. Right. And what we have found out so far through our experts at Compass Insurance and through other callers, including some Uber drivers and other people, is is pretty much like this. When there's someone in the actual vehicle with you that is an actual Uber or Lyft fare, they are covered by Uber or Lyft's insurance. Right. If you're trolling around, there's very little coverage, if any. That's still kind of unclear to me. And if you're on the way to a fare or dropped one off on the way to the next fare, there is coverage for the most part. What are you going to add to that conversation, Tyler? So, actually, I was the one that called in earlier, and I wasn't sure about the first one. Yeah. Um, and the I trolling. got clarification. I got clarification. So basically, I, I read a little bit online, and it said that when the Uber app is off, a driver is covered by their own personal car insurance. When the Uber app is turned on, a lower level of liability insurance becomes active. That's what, yeah, that's so what we just said. When you're when you're trolling, there's a little tiny bit of coverage, if you will. Right, stage but two. even if you're even if you're in stage two or three, it's the same exact insurance as if you were trolling. Wow. How long have you been driving for Uber? Six months. Here, here's so what I here's what I really wanted. Terrible. Listen, listen, Tyler. Here's what I want you to think about while I want to take a break. Because there's a lot of people that know Uber's there. They want to make a little extra money, maybe around the holidays. But my contention is this. If you do it properly, meaning you buy the insurance you're supposed to have, whether that's through Uber, uh, whether it's through your own insurance company, whatever you're supposed to do, not more than you're supposed to do, but whatever you need to do. Oh, I hey, lost Mark, him. how about if well, we No, somebody... hold on, hold on. Let me finish this thought, okay. though. I still say, and I'd like to hear from an Uber driver out there, if you do it the way you're supposed to, after you take gas and the depreciation of your own vehicle and whatever Uber takes, I think you get 80%, and you pay for your insurance and do whatever you're supposed to do, I'm not so sure you make a damn dime working for Uber. Oh, wait, what about all those rental Uber? All right, 303-713-8255. We have some lines open. Rodney, I'll get to you in a second. Listen, if you've been taken off, taken off, you've been taken advantage of or ripped off, give us a call. We really do want to help. This time of year, we get, geez, everything. 303-713-8255. We were talking about Uber, so I looked this up, and this is from MarketWatch. I, I, this is probably pretty straight up. An Uber driver typically collects twenty four seventy seven per hour in fares. From that, Uber takes 833 or basically one-third of all passenger fares. They're averaging out the maintenance per hour at about $4.87 for gas cleaning, whatever, per hour. That makes that makes sense to me. So that leaves a driver about $11.70 per hour, which they pay basically 90%, or I'm sorry, 90 cents in Social Security and Medicare taxes because they're self-employed. If they do not want the Uber health insurance or the retirement plan, their take-home is about $10.87 per hour. If they take the very, very basic benefits package, it breaks down to $9.21 an hour. 
why would you drive? I'm sure I'm not going to have any Uber drivers call up. I mean, unless if they're like getting gas for free. And even if you if, uh, even if you factored in an all electric car, an all electric car, your downtime, let's say it's a good one and you get three hours, you would still have so much downtime you wouldn't be able to drive that much. And on top of that, to charge your car costs a lot of electricity from your house. Go ahead, Doc. I was going to say, what if what if it's still nine bucks an hour more than they were getting if they're doing nothing? Well, and if they're not, doing, and, and that's that doesn't not including tips. It, 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 well, that's true. That doesn't include tips for a well. It doesn't talk about tips here. I know for a while Uber you couldn't even tip in the app at least if you didn't have cash. Now Chase brought something up too. A lot of people end up renting their Uber vehicle from Uber because they don't have a car that'll qualify or a car at all. That could cost an extra, what, 20, 30 bucks a day? I don't know what they charge for a yeah, rental. Yeah, but at $4 an hour, if you divide an eight-hour day by your, you said, what, $4 an hour in fees, it, it pretty much would cover the rental price of the car. So it's kind of a... No, but you still have gasoline on expenses. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I've never understood why they don't make, uh, I, I never understood the business model. Go ahead, Ed. You've what? I have a friend who drives for Lyft. Yes. And, and she has her personal car, but she refuses to use it. She uses a rental car. How much is it? Uh, I forget what it, what she said. Like it was, 30 bucks a day she or said whatever. She will drive for seven days. Yeah. It takes two days to pay for her rental car, and everything after that all goes in her pocket. Well, no, because she still has gas. She's no, no, still no. I meant what you're talking about. There's just the rental car just part. Just the of rental it. car part of it. Yeah. So two full days to pay for that. I don't know. I just, to me, you can go to Castle Rock right now and make 15 bucks at any fast food place. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Now, surging. We came out of a concert one time, Suzanne and I, and the surge prices, it cost us about 12 bucks to get there. To leave was over $100 to go back. So you made me walk a long way to get a cheaper Uber. We did. We walked a long way. We burned at least an hour and three beers apiece, and then we got an Uber for like 7 bucks. but let's just say that. Rodney, what's going on? What's this bathtub problem, man? Okay. Go ahead, Rodney. I'm hanging on to tell you. My God, Rodney, can you talk or not? Honest hey, to God, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Okay, go I'm ahead. Sorry. What's going on, Rodney? All right, take a best bite of salmon. But anyway, I want to refresh your memory on the, on the problem I had before. You guys told me to call you back, and I haven't called you back. But anyway, I'm the one that had the toilet problem with the algae growing in it. Do you remember that? You had a toilet problem with what? Algae growing, growing in the toilet. Okay, I don't remember it, but go ahead. So you had a, do you remember this, Dan? Yeah, I do. He was just getting algae buildup in his uh, toilet. Okay, I usually remember most nut balls, but this one I'm not. So go ahead, Rodney. Is that your only problem? You had some algae buildup and we were supposed to call you back? No, I said I'd call y'all back. Okay. You recommended vinegar in the tank and, and Tom recommended uh, bleach. So, so you put some bleach in there and you put some vinegar in. Uh, put, no, I just put bleach in it and, and uh, clean out all the little holes around the rim. And just clean, clean, fix it and never came back. Well, uh, I'll be damned. Other problem solved. Can we? Uh, can we get up? Uh, I wish Tom was here. I'd have him pull out his dinger. <laughs> put that on the list. Yeah, add that on the list. Uh, Tom, get back here. We we've got a special special thing for your dinger. 
Algae on it. Algae on his dinner. Rodney, all all kidding aside, whatever the advice was with putting it in there, your problem solved, right? Yes, sir. Wonderful. We do we do like that. So you have a uh, you have a good day. All right, Rodney. No, I still want to talk to you about the tub. Oh. (laughs) All right, go ahead, Rodney. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to talk to you about the tub. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to fetch you in about the toilet because nobody's ever heard of that problem. But anyway, I got another problem. I'm sure you never heard of this problem either. I'm pretty okay. sure I probably haven't. <laughs> okay. What I have is uh, somebody wore something in the tub that left a terrible, you know, ring around the tub. Why? What do, you, what do you mean they wore something? Why, why do you? <laughs> I had no idea what they wore. And it was my daughter's boyfriend. He washed something in the bathtub. He washed something in the bathtub. And it left a ring. Is the bathtub plastic? What What's the, the bathtub, bathtub made of? Bathtub is porcelain. Okay. It left a ring and then dirty all the way down to the bottom of the tub, the ring all the way down, okay? Then he must put the shampoo bottle down in the tub, too, and your, and your other bottle that you wash, you know, your soap for your body. And then he put them back up on top of the tub, and the, you know, and then left a How do you there. know? How do you know what this guy was doing in the tub? He's I got a no camera. Idea. I have no idea because he said he ne- never did nothing in the tub. Have you tried yeah, a magic did. eraser? I'll I tell you what I've done. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. Magic eraser. And now, now this is the weird thing about it. You know what? Wait a minute. I got an idea. Hold on. Hold on, Rodney. I'm going to put you on hold and come back because I'm going to try to talk Deputy Dan into something over the break. Because you know what? I haven't sent him out on location for a while, and I'm starting to think we got one for him. So you hold tight. We're going to work on him during the break. All right, 303-713-8255. I'm going to finish up with Rodney really quick, then I'll go back to Jim. But, Rodney, seriously, man, you're trying to get a ring out of your toilet. How about CLR? Did you try the bleach again? I tried everything. I tried everything. But this is the kicker. You haven't heard the kicker yet. Oh, I can't wait. You can't. Yeah, this is, the, this is where you have never heard of it, okay? The kicker is that you can scrub it with bleach. Yeah. And uh, they also use them uh, scrub pads. Already have soap in them. Yes. And that's what I use. And you scrub it down. You rinse it down. It looks like a brand new tub. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> like said, so uh, it's clean. Anyway, after three or four days, it slowly starts coming back. Whoa. And then within a week, it looks exactly the way it did before. And you're sure it's a porcelain tub? It is definitely a porcelain tub. <laughs> I've owned this house for 17 years, and this just only it's like wicking. I'd like to see a picture of the tub when it's clean, and two days later when it comes back. Could you send us a picture of those two things? Where do you live, man? And they're about south, uh, a little bit southeast of Kingsburg, Colorado. Oh, Dan, can I'm you get out there? there? Can you get out there today? Well, Rodney, I don't know if anybody out there has any idea. So he cleans it with bleach. It goes away, then it comes back. Right, Rodney? Right, it's been clean. It's been, it's been going on for six months now. So we, clean, so we have to scrub it every, every week. 
I, I just go, I don't know what to make of that. I don't what know. Old, little squirt gun. This dang old affirmation antiquities pursuant to the public domain title nine seven the Southern state resource code. But I tell you what, man, is there tight? Is that a boom? What is his name? Boomhauser. Who is that? Family? Boomhauer. Boomhauer. That's right. Yeah, I don't know, Rodney. Man, honestly, I'm a. I'm pretty much at the end of that. Jim has another comment. Go ahead, man. Or I'm sorry, Jim, you're an Uber driver and you have a comment. Go ahead. Yes, Jim. Uh, <clears throat> hey, Tom, big listener, big fan. Um, so I have two. I have a comment and a question. Go ahead about it. So the comment is: is I actually have a weekly earnings statement. I don't know if it will help you guys or not, but yeah, I, I would Mark like to know how many hours. About- how many hours uh, do you have? One of the statements in front of you. Yeah. yeah. How many hours did you work or how many hours were you logged in? So time online was 26 hours and 33 minutes. I do work a full time job. I only do Uber part time Friday, Saturday night, something like that. I got you. So out of Uh, 26 hours, how what was your gross receipts? Does it say that? Yeah. $873.79. And what did they they took? They take a third of that roughly. About. Yeah, probably. Well, I could go into each day. No, um, no, no. Break so. it. No, no, no. Stay on the week. So you you basically took in eight seventy three, and then how much right. did you end up getting transferred to you? Eight hundred seventy three dollars. Okay, so that was that number. So really, when I said gross receipts, I was talking about what you would have actually billed out. So you made eight hundred seventy three. In 26 right. hours. Now, how about your expenses? How much did you spend in gas? Let's take the real basic one. Okay, so my my, my mile per gallon is like 32.5 miles per gallon. Yeah, but how much did so, you... So you don't know how much you so, spent. So in a, in a week, every week, I usually I usually uh, fill up once a week. How many so miles, did, how many miles did you drive? Mm, I want to say... Does the statement say that or no? No, it doesn't. Well, then I don't think the state. I I think the statement's useless, son. Honest to God. If it's not, why wouldn't the statement track your mileage when it knows everything? It knows where you're going. It knows who's in the car. It knows when you're moving, how fast you're going. Why wouldn't they put down the miles on the statement? Do they do it on the daily statement? Um, let me check real quick. I can just go right into here. And if um, you if you pull down, here's what I'm saying. You said you fill up, you have a full-time job, you fill up once a week. So you're saying you put in one tank at what, 30, 40 bucks? It sounds like a small car. Right. You it's drive for Uber, you go back and forth from the grocery store, back and forth from work and everything else for one tank a week. And then you make $873 as well. Yes. Okay, well then I'd say you're doing great. That comes out to thirty-three bucks an hour. Yep. Thirty-three dollars. Yep. Then, then I'd say you're doing great. If all your numbers are there, I'm say I will say you're doing great. Um, but the thing about it is, is the tips. Well, it breaks down how many tips, and you. They also do consecutive trips. What is the tips? Wait a second. Wait a second. What are the tips out of that eight hundred and seventy-three? Jim. Sixty-eight dollars and fifty-four cents. So really, you. So really, you took in eight hundred and something, right? So trip earnings in trip was $681.30. Yeah. I had a $2.95 toll that they paid me for. Um, A tip was $68.54. Consecutive trip promotions was $61. And Quest promotions was another $60. So, what is that? What is a Quest? What's a Quest promotion? 
So every week they'll give you like weekly quests and weekend quests. And if you make those quests, like say you do 80 rides or 60 rides. Oh, I got you. And for three days, they'll give you 150 bucks. I, I got you. So if it's bucks. a... Re- if it's an area that is underutilized because there's not enough drivers or whatever, they give you a bonus, basically. No, that's a surge. That's surging. Surging is when there's a lot of people asking for rides and there's not a lot of drivers. Uber drivers. That's why it's double the price, triple the price after like going to a hockey game or something like that. Yeah, a no. I... motion is only for drivers. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I would love to know how many miles it took you to pull in that 681, though. This in three months, so my my jobs on I twenty five and fifty eighth, and I live five seconds from where you guys are broadcasting I twenty five Bellevue. Yeah, Bellevue Monroe. Um, I drive that. That's twenty miles each way, so it's forty miles. Um, plus, so in the last three months, I just bought my car. I put about ten thousand miles on it. So you've owned it. You bought it brand new, or no? No, twenty eighteen. It had thir- but you it put had ten. You, you put ten thousand miles on it in three months. Yeah, it has thirty nine thousand miles on it at when I bought it, and it's at about fifty thousand one hundred. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, so, man. Well, regardless, you know, you seem to like it. You're doing it. You've got the right car for it, apparently. Well, you know, oh, without tips, have, it's still twenty six an hour. So, yeah, you know I mean, it, it goes well, without any without any depreciation or any gas or anything. Yeah, no, I just I. I would love to have a real breakdown of how many miles that was because right. I, well, I feel stuck is, without that. The thing is, is you know, uh, I've been doing it for like eight months now or something like that uh, yeah. on and off, and it's not a full-time job. Yeah, sure. I know. Everybody uh, says You don't make money full-time. If you do it part-time, you'll make more money because your primary job has your health insurance, stuff like that, and that's when it starts to depreciate your earnings a lot more is whenever you have to pay for your own health insurance. Do you, you drive for, for Lyft as well? No, it's too, I'm too, it's too complicated to do both because if you get a ride on Uber, then you have to log out of Lyft and switch over and then go back to the, why do you have to I, I, wait a minute? I'm just curious. Why would you have to log out of Uber? Oh, because so go if ahead. You're doing Uber and Lyft. If you're, if you're driving for both, that means you could be online for both. So yeah. if you get a ride for Lyft then you have to go log out on Uber go offline on Uber, well, you can and go on two phones. then you can accept the ride up for Lyft. Oh, yeah, you, you could. Two. Yeah, two phones, right? Well, I think he gets penalized if he's logged in and he turns down so many rides. He's they probably penalized. kick right. you off. Exactly. Hey, well, and it goes, they have a point system Yeah. within uh, within Uber. I don't know about Lyft, but within Uber, and if you get a certain amount of points, it goes like gold, platinum, blue, diamond, you know what I mean, all those different ones. And if you go to certain ones, you can lose um, it. they have... No, yeah, but they give you uh, they give you incentives, kind of like uh, if you're a gold member, you get a hundred percent free tuition through ASU. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So they give you different so, stuff like that. So they give you, and then they give you like three percent back on gas uh, on through an Uber credit card that you can get. You know what I mean? So yeah, it kind of tracks like that. All right, that I know I, I know more question. than I ever want to know about Uber. Do you enjoy it, Jim? My next question. One more question. Go ahead, and that's it. Um. What about taxes on a 1099? This is my first 1099. You got to. Um, I don't know. You just go to a tax preparer. They're going to tell you, but you are going to have to pay. I mean, you definitely pay. What do you pay? Medicare and you pay Social Security. So his hourly um, rate just went down. Yeah. Yeah, but he can write off his car, can't he? It's probably, I bet you can, I, ca- yeah, you can write off whatever. See, I'd be curious. That's where I go back to the mileage. How does that app not track mileage? But I know it does. So, so why don't they show the drivers I, what the mileage was? I've got kind of a question there probably here. is. 
if if he can write off his miles per mile on the government tax rate, which is what sixty whatever it is, some cents a mile, yeah. and he's mile. got fifty-eight cents a mile. Fifty-eight cents a mile. He's got ten thousand miles. Yeah, he's already sitting on a fifty-eight thousand dollar write-off. No, you did that math wrong. No, did I? Oh, fifty-eight hundred. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. You were counting your chickens before they hatch. That's right. Yeah. Chicken but still, but still, he's got a six thousand dollar write-off right there. Yeah. Right. And then can you can you write off ta- uh, gas and mileage, or is it just one or the other? It's one or the other. One or the other, and then you can write off your. You're almost well. always better going with that actual uh, mileage. Almost always. Be best mileage. with mileage at that rate. There's an yeah. app that's. Uh, I know it tracks from when you pick up a customer. Oh my to, god! You, you know, know what you I drop off. Yeah. But I don't know, Jim. If that was your from... last thing. <laughs> Margaret, I'll come to you next. My goodness. You know, I just get a little Ubered out at this point. I mean, it's great that he's making money and stuff, but man. You need a lift. All right, 303-713-8255. Don't forget, 303 Martino works on and off the air. Help at troubleshooter.com. If you ever have any issues you want to email us about, help at troubleshooter.com. Don't forget referral list. And I had uh, Mike Ross. Uh, You know who that is, don't you, Dano? Love him. Okay, who is he? That's more than that. We carpet know you cleaner. love him. Carpet cleaner. Yeah, he is a carpet cleaner. Carpet Dr. Inc. If you have anybody that can't afford to have your carpets cleaned, especially this time of year, it needs to be booked pretty quick. I want you to email us at live at troubleshooter.com and why they should get it. But uh, Mike's going to do a handful of these 100% free. So maybe you know someone that's a single parent. They have a lot of kids. They have pets. Yeah, Dan's raising his hand over here. Single parent. You know, they can't afford to have it done, but they really could use a carpet cleaning. Email us at live at troubleshooter.com. And we're going to pick a few of these out. It's got to be Denver metro area, um, and that should be no problem. But here's the other part. Here's what it. Here's what I love about this guy. You know what I'm going to say, don't you, Dano? This guy does something incredible when it comes to carpet cleaning. Listen to this. He'll clean your entire house, no matter the size of it. Chase, are you listening? You got a big house? Yes. Well, okay. I guess normal. Whatever. Uh, no, so think about this. Your entire house. For 139 bucks, And you go, of course, the first thing I thought of before I started using them years ago is, okay, he's going to come out and say, well, if you have pets, that's an extra 30 bucks a room. Or this room's bigger than, you know, 20 square feet, which means you got to pay us extra. Because I have never, until him, met a carpet cleaner that does not upsell stuff. I mean, that's their entire motto is upselling. It, whether your room's too big or we don't do different floors or whatever. Pre-treating. Pre-treating. There's a big one right there. Or pet pre-treating. So here's the deal. $139. They'll come out and clean your entire house. $139. Now, after I, of course, told everybody this, um, you know, they're going to be booked for a while. So if you want to book them, and this isn't a commercial, since he decided to basically do some uh, homes for free of people that need them, I decided to do this for him. So $139, if you want your house clean before the holidays or right after, I want you to call these guys. I'm going to give you the number. But the quicker you call, of course, uh, the earlier you're going to be able to get it done. So uh, the carpet doctor is at 720 298 
1-800-636-0352. I see Chase literally writing it down. 139 bucks, man. I promise you, they don't try to upsell you one thing. How many times have you been out to our house, Suzanne? Mike has done our house at least, what, five, six? A lot, Mark. We usually do Good ours job. every six or eight months. Yes, 720-298-0352. Mike Ross, Carpet Doctor Inc. They're great. They have a, And there's nothing cheap about it. He's got the full-size vans that come out, brand-new equipment. He does it great. He does it the right way, hot water extraction. Uh, maybe you have rental homes, whatever. But the other thing I do want to say again, if you know someone that should, or I should, I don't want to say deserves, but someone that needs their carpets cleaned that can't afford to do it. Maybe they, they're single income, uh, they have kids, they have pets, it hasn't been clean for a while. He's going to do a handful of them. I don't know how many that is. For free. Email us at live at troubleshooter.com for that. And if you want the $139 deal, which is always going on, 720-298-0352. You know, to finish up, Kyle, I'm sorry, man. I just don't want to talk Uber anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's just been too much. We've been on and off on Uber for forever. But I will say this about Uber Eats. I heard uh, Chase talking about Uber Eats over there. One third, one third or 28%. Um, If you've ever worried that your food delivery seems slightly eaten, those worries have just been confirmed. 28% of delivery drivers said they had taken food from some deliveries, according to a new U.S. Foods. The survey convinced nearly 500 delivery drivers from Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, and Postmates. So, hmm... You're, that's that's what French you got. It's just French fries. It's just the French fries. French fries. How about pepperoni off of pizza? I heard Indian food's a big one. Chicken nuggets. You name it. How many people count their chicken nuggets when they come in? You better count your nuggets if you're using Uber Eats. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Live at Troubleshooter.com.